This is the Criterion Creeps Podcast. I'm Jared Duncan. And I'm RJ. And we're just two guys who have no other choice now but to creep our way through the Criterion Collection one spine number at a time in order to release. This week, we're learning about good old-fashioned racism, intolerance, mm. love, and couscous. As oh. we watch Spine 198 in the Criterion Collection, Rainier Werner Fassbinder's Ali Fear Eats the Soul from 1974. But first, mm. RJ. No. How are things? Uh, Good. 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 We had um uh, like a bug thing in our garage last week. That kind of sucked. A bug thing yeah there were all these bugs in there and i was like "Ugh, what are these bugs so i went to this guy uh this pest control guy and he had this like pretty sick hair and uh, he's like you got pill bugs friend and i was like pill bugs i don't know what that is that sounds fucking disgusting <laughs> uh but i sprayed them and now they're done oh and that's how my week has been going <laughs> did did uh they explain how you got them uh, apparently, they are attracted to moisture, which uh, makes sense because, you know, we've been having freeze-thaw, freeze-thaw, and when we park that car in the garage, all that moisture just comes out. Hmm. What does a I don't know. pill bug look like? Don't do it, man. Don't look it up. Oh, the Rocky World. It's kind of like a beetle-y thing. Oh, it's like, yeah, they look prehistoric. Yeah, they hide They're under tiny. planters, apparently. Yeah. Yeah, they are really gross, and uh, I didn't like it, and... um. I mean, it kind of wrecked my day. They're kind of cute. No, don't. Cute little guys. No. And you killed them? Yeah, I fucking killed all of them. I hate bugs. You know what else chaps my ass, Jarrett? What? So a friend of the show, Ryan Nagel, was getting into that gobble last week. He started The Sopranos. And uh, I went to try to find him some hot Sopranos memes on, like, you know, the Reddit. Yep. Uh, But there is no Sopranos memes. And I was, like, a little taken aback by that because we have Lord of the Rings memes. And we have prequel memes. And I was like, surely there's going to be a Sopranos version of the memes. But there wasn't. Hmm. So maybe, I, don't, I know Frank just did a rewatch. Maybe he can do a second rewatch and do it again. Get, make some memes. Make some dank memes. Some dank memes. How do you, how do you feel about memes, Jer? I, I don't feel anything. How come you don't respond when I send you funny memes? <laughs> exactly. Oh. Okay. What's new with you? Do you got any bugs or uh, meme-related issues over there? Always. Always? You're always always, always got meme-related issues? Yeah, memes. People messaging me these memes. Well, I mean, maybe if you messaged I mean, back, I'd stop sending you them. No, I don't think that would be the case. I would encourage it. Mm, maybe. Yeah. Maybe. May, mayhaps. Well, it sounds like you and me got nothing going on in our lives. No, it's uh, post post Creeptober funk. Yeah, and yeah, and it's we talked about it last week. I don't feel like like in bad shape like I have from other years, but you know, it's it's kind of nice to just relax sometimes. It's not just too bad. It's not, not too do, bad. Not I've, too much. I've uh, I've actually cleared my uh, my uh, plate of things that I specifically wanted to watch. Oh, and, now, nice. and, and now I have to like debate what do I want to do with this time? You should watch the things that I recommend. Oh, yeah, I'm not going to do that. You should watch the things that I recommend. RJ, we got emails. Hey, do you have anyone in your neighborhood who still has their pumpkins out? I don't think so. We got one person in our neighborhood who still has their pumpkins on their uh, their deck, and uh, those things are pretty sunken in, man. Oh. 
It was his 13th? Yeah, this is... And, I mean, they didn't show up on Halloween. They were there before Halloween. So these are, like, over two weeks old. Right. Hey, what's up with those emails that you were talking about earlier? Well, we got some. Any good ones? Mm, Or should we just throw them back? You decide. Okay. I can try. First, I've got one from Oliver, but I think (gasps) I might save it. Oh, what a tease. Because it actually ties into our Criterion movie. (gasps) What? Oliver watched uh, Sister Act 2 back in the habit this week? Finally. Finally. All right. Well, I I can't wait to hear it now. All right, then. Mm -hmm. So our first second email. Sam Sanchez. Mm -hmm. School Films. So I think one of you two mentioned watching something in a classroom in your past recently, I think, or maybe I just invented that. But it got me thinking, what kind of movies you guys watched in school growing up or university, whether for a film Mm -hmm. class or not? And what were some of the more offbeat choices? For me, through high school, nothing too offbeat except for a history teacher when I was in ninth grade showing that gods must be crazy. I had an English teacher senior year show us Dr. Strangelove and Days and Confused, which was nice. And a Spanish teacher showed us the birds because she was one of the little girls running away from the birds in the school scene. What a fucking breaker. The one half semester I took for film after high school, the same teacher showed non-surprising stuff like Passion of Joan of Arc, Sunset Boulevard, Mm -hmm. and to a slightly less obvious degree uh, or choice, like Gun Crazy, also showed movies like Ruthless People, Diva, and Dead Again, all three of which I still rarely hear many people discuss even now, like 15 years later, and Hmm. with the advent of Letterboxd. Those three films always struck me as just odd choices. I remember really liking Diva, but always been hesitant to revisit it since, uh, again, since maybe 18-year-old me might have been more easily impressed. Yeah. I have it rated as a 4.5 out of 5 on Letterboxd, apparently, which means I gave it a 9 out of 10 on IMDb when I Damn. first watched it way back when. One day, I'll go back to it. Got mm-hmm. any uh, thoughts on this? Uh, it was. Uh, I was talking about the Halloween tree. That's where he popped. He got that idea because I watched it in like grade two. Okay, that's where it first came up for me. Right. Uh, yeah, we watched movies. Like I remember, um, Halloween Tree was my favorite. I remember one year we watched Prince of Egypt, that animated movie, and I I still think that that movie kicks ass. So uh, that movie's really good. And I think I I told that story about watching Seinfeld on like that one episode on repeat in junior high. I told that story on here, right? That was a bad one. Yeah. <laughs> maybe not maybe i didn't uh i watched some of those i don't have any like other ones that stand out a lot but i had a teacher once in high school who um do you remember the tv show dinosaurs yeah that's all we did was watch dinosaurs that's like that was the entire <laughs> class was just watching dinosaurs it was for a religion class and it was uh-huh. just like we would watch a 20 minute episode of dinosaurs and then it, it, we would just get like a, a handout and it'd be like what did it mean and it would be like uh <laughs> That they didn't want other people eating their sandwiches or like, you know, like, cause I mean, the episodes had messages, but it was also kind of like, what are we doing here, man? What's the point of this all? So dinosaurs was a weird one. Did you ever watch dinosaurs in uh, your school? No, definitely not. No. Oh, maybe you missed out. That that was still on TV when I was going to school. Oh yeah. You're old. Hey, I'm older. Older. No. Well, you're kind of like an old, weird dude. Yeah. A rude, crude dude. Hmm. So do you have any movies that you watched in high school uh, or not? I've been thinking about it now. So in junior high, uh, some of the things that come to mind where I first time I would have watched them was like The Hobbit. 
the, mm-hmm. the animated one. Uh, Labyrinth with old David Ooh. Bowie and Jennifer Connelly, which I haven't seen since then. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember in a social studies class watching Medicine Man with Sean Connery. Nice. Mm-hmm. I think in late junior high watching Far and Away with uh, old Tom Cruise, which uh, I'm actually surprised. I didn't realize was a Ron Howard movie. Far and away? Yeah. Yeah, well, you didn't know that, you idiot? <laughs> uh, and yeah, I think actually when we were maybe talking about Throne of Blood, I mentioned uh, watching Roman Polanski's Macbeth in high school. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, I think it's weird that you would watch that in high school. <laughs> I think a lot of those are weird choices, to be honest. Uh, I, I remembered another one, Jared. You ever seen The Mission by Roland Joff? No. Starring Robert De Niro and Jeremy Irons. Oh, never mind. I did watch a uh, Louis Riel TV movie. Oh, was it a good one? No. Well, mm. I'd have to revisit. You know. Yeah. Well, maybe you should. You should watch these things that you. Rem- you should watch the Mission from Roland Joff with uh, Jeremy Irons and uh, Robert Joffy? De Niro. Joff. Joff or Joff. Joff. Oh, there's the one too. It's an obscure one. But it was in film school. It's like the most obscure movie I probably I watched because it was a uh, shot in Alberta, and mm-hmm. I think the guy who was showing it he knew one of the people who made it. But it's got it is obscure, far mm-hmm. more obscure than a lot of things. And I, I wonder how many people have actually logged it. And I remember the title at one point, but God, if I could remember it now. Hmm. Well, maybe you should think about it. Yeah, I'll maybe think about it over the over the course of the episode. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> Do you think they sh- they're showing Doctor Sleep to kids these like in school now? Well, no, because no one no one really saw that movie. Oh, except well, that's for too bad. our next email, we're, <gasps> we're almost at we're almost Whoa. there. Okay. Also, notice Jared watched fellow Canadian podcaster directed film Beauty Day recently. So interested mm. to hear about that. Notice it was tagged as Creep Picks. I'm assuming I'm the creep in that occasion, or was mm. there another person that recommended it? No, Sam, it was you way back Ooh. when. And I finally did watch it. Would also try to seek how to build a time machine if that's available anywhere for you. Keep it up, guys. Always good work, mostly. Mostly? What were the bad work ones? <laughs> Do you want to know? Would it matter? No, I wouldn't change anything. Yeah. It's probably all that talk about Gobble and Martyrs and stuff like that. But hey, I'm not going to change. Mm-hmm. So there you go. That's nice to hear from Sam Sanchez. As always. Next... Mm-hmm. Justin Peterson. Okay, there he is. Hey, Jordan RJ, what's happening? On a whim, mm-hmm. I decided to pick up the much-hated-on 4K version of Terminator 2 to see for myself why mm. people trash this transfer of the film so much. Personally, I thought it looked great. And he says that in all caps. And was mm-hmm. kind of glad James Cameron CGI'd Arnold's face over the stuntman during the motorcycle chase scene. Wow. Have you guys ever picked up a Blu-ray that you thought had a really poor transfer? Also, what are some of the best Blu-ray 4K upgrades you have seen? I feel like that's more of a question for me. I was um, going to say, I don't I don't care about that stuff ever. So Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, for 4K, I've only seen about five 4K films. Mm-hmm. Uh, 2001 looked incredible. So, mm-hmm. I mean, that kind of... And uh, I do have The Shining on 4K now, but I Ooh. have not had time to watch it yet. Yeah, I mean, 4K is super nice. As far as Blu-ray transfers, I'm actually constantly surprised how good Vinegar Syndrome's Blu-rays actually look. Considering mm. the movies that they're restoring, things that you just think would never look that great, they look incredible. 
way better than Scream Factory ones that I see. Mm-hmm. Uh, really poor transfers. Nothing comes to mind, but it's always uh, actually Chernobyl. Uh, watch. I watched the Blu-ray of that. What? No, I watched the Blu-ray of that. It didn't look awesome. I was hmm. really, I was really surprised because I'm like, it's. It came out this year. It's very. Yeah. I'm not sure if it's like the film stock they were shooting with that that European sky look, and it's kind of murky mm-hmm. at times. So yeah, I was kind of su- surprised by that. But I don't know if that's a bad transfer. It's just the way the movie looks. Uh, I don't know. Maybe you should have watched it on Crave. I probably. I mean, maybe they took they uh took it off of a Crave stream. Crave? No, it's on HBO, isn't it? I'm joking. <laughs> no, I'm talking about. I'm saying it's what? like. Okay, you know? Do you remember the Game of Thrones thing when it was oh, streaming and it looked like? Yeah. But yeah. So, yeah. yeah. That, I see what you yeah, mean. Here. Yes. Okay. Well, that's too bad. Yeah. So next, do you think Criterion should start pulling out 4K? Start putting out, pulling out, <laughs> putting Ew, out 4Ks. Jared. Yes. Yes, they should. And which current collection titles do you think would benefit from the treatment? Lots. <laughs> All of them. Most of them. I think uh, Days of Days of Heaven Criterion 4K would be pretty sweet. Yes, Terrence Malick stuff would all look great. Every everything would look better. I yeah. I, they really probably. I think. I mean, our, our my good friend Vinegar Syndrome. They're putting Ooh. out a uh, Tammy and the T Rex on 4K here in like a week or two. So there's do no we ex- have an in, there's no do excuse. we have an endorsement by from them? Not yet. But well, what's I don't that know. about? I don't know. Maybe we'll maybe episode two hundred will turn into the vinegar syndrome, vapes daddies. Vape daddies. Yeah. Ooh, I like the sound of that. Well, maybe if uh, they get enough, um, go to vinegar syndrome and enter code Criterion Creeps, and when it doesn't work, send them an email and be like, "Hey, do you want Tammy and the T Rex rated or reviewed or not?" Yeah. Exactly. Uh, yeah, I agree with you, Jared. I think probably all of them should be four K. Even Jubilee. And sitting I would say most of them should be. <laughs> yeah, that's where they'll start. They'll work yeah. their way from the bottom up. Mm, most. Goat movie question of the week. Mm. What are your favorite of all time Charles Bronson movies? I have not seen much of his work, but I know you guys are big fans, so I'm looking forward to your kick-ass recommendations. Mr. Majestic, probably. Mr. Majestic's pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a list. I don't know. Ooh, I'm pretty sure the it's catfish. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, the mechanic. Uh, I only gave the mechanic three. Oh, hard times. Fuck yeah, hard times is really good. Mm-hmm. You want to see Charles Bronson shirtless wailing on dudes for a while? Uh, I'd say hard times is number one. Mister Majestic should be number two. What about you, Jer? Uh, let's take a look. I'm gonna pull up my Bronsonology tag. Ooh, but things are slowing down. Here we go. Firing up. Mm-hmm. The, the internet's working. There you go. No bagul in sight. Not yet. Not yet. Well, okay. Dirty Dozen, but mm-hmm. it's like it's that, he's in that movie, but I wouldn't call that maybe a, a Charles Bronson movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, Emperor of the North. Ooh, yeah. 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 It's, yeah. What the hell? Chateau was in land. Well, the last time uh, I watched Emperor of the North, I didn't even... Oh, wait, that's not that's not Charles Bronson. That's Lee Marvin and Ernest Borgnine. I'm thinking of uh, Death Hunt with uh, Lee Marvin. Well, how could you get those two confused? Ah, embarrassing. Embarrassing. Chateau's Land, yeah. Mr. Mm-hmm. Majestic, Death Hunt. Uh, and yeah, I guess you'd probably put Once Upon a Time in the West in there too. Yeah. I mean, it's not my favorite of his, but it is a good movie that he is the lead of. That's you know? right. Yeah. I would say... 
if he hasn't seen many, Hard Times is my favorite, I think, of those. And then Mr. Majestic, Chateau's Land, Once Upon a Time in the West. All good stuff. And those, honestly, and you got to watch those Death Wishes. Oh, Death Wish 3 for sure. Yeah. Uh, any of the movies are good. Just go in with any to any of them. But <laughs> definitely right. watch Death Wish 3. <laughs> yes. See what that's about, right, Jer? That's right. Mm-hmm. Finally, what are your biggest guilty pleasure foods while late night movie watching? I know a cold beer and nachos are an awful choice, but it is one I cave into more often than mm-hmm. I would like to admit. Thanks for your time, Creeps, and have a great show. I mean, I eat. I drink cold beer and eat nachos pretty frequently. When sometimes when Andrew is into it, we'll we'll make a big nacho bake. You ever bake your nachos, Jer? Man, change your life. <laughs> sometimes, like in a pinch, if you just need a microwave thing, you can do it in the microwave. That's fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, Andrew eats popcorn like three times a week, so popcorn is pretty popular. But uh, yeah. I've been really into chips lately, man. Chips. Like, I just I just been I've been craving chips like every day, and it's like I know that some people don't want me to be a huge fat guy but if i stop eating chips i won't be right you know so uh, i I'm a, i've been a big chip guy lately what about you jer nice glass mm, of water nice glass of refreshing water mm-hmm. i guess during the summer i was popping those macaroons back pretty ferociously <gasps> Ooh. All, all dressed chips with uh dill pickle dip Ooh, nice! That, that Philadelphia. Stuff. Wait, 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 wait! All dressed chips with dill pickle dip. Yeah. What is this combo that you're eating? Don't play it off like it's just uh, it's something stuff. people do. What? Well, it's like a, that Philadelphia dip, and it's dill pickle yeah, but flavored. I, I've never heard of anyone dropping in some all dressed into some dill pickle. Where, where do they usually put their all dressed? You don't dip that at all. You just eat that bad boy straight. Well, that's, well, that's, that's like it's that's all the, dressed. That's one of the nice things is uh, if you if you run out of dip, you can still enjoy the chip. It's it's just it's it's all dressed, Jarrett. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I find that shocking and alarming. Hey, do they have all dressed chips other in other places? No, that I believe is a Canadian uh, specialty. Mm-hmm. It's like. Okay, I was gonna say it's like ketchup chips, but I just realized they don't have ketchup chips anywhere else no, either. They sure so it's don't. like it's like ketchup chips, salt and vinegar, and like a little bit of barbecue mixed together, right? Is that what all dressed there? It's like I don't know paprika for sure, because that's usually what they yeah. put on everything. Uh, I don't know. It's it's just a medley of seasoning, and it's delicious. Mm. Yeah, I'm. I'm feeling that. I'm feeling that, chair. What else? No, now no, no, is it in your head now? Are you going to be like after this is done recording? You're like, I'm, I'm, I'm going to get me some all dressed. I already, I already told Andrea like when she she left before I started to go to the gym to better herself. Yeah. And I was like, hey, listen here, nerd. On your way home, pick me up some chips, <laughs> slave. Uh, I don't think she's going to do it though. Oh. I mean, I really want chips though, Jerry. <laughs> Will you go get me some? No. If, no, RJ, I won't. I won't. What would it take for you to go and get chips and bring them to me? Nothing, because I'm not going to do it. You go. You call your Uber driver or your skip the dishes guy, and just tell him to go get your chips. Well, I, li- I live like a block away from a gas station, but I don't want to leave my house. Right. So what should I do? Hmm. Hard, hard questions. Let's see if Jackson has an answer. If he has an answer to my chip dilemma, I would be pretty impressed. Don't let me down. He creeps. 
With the release mm-hmm. of The Irishman coming up soon, I was wondering mm-hmm. what are your top five Scorsese films and your least favorite? I feel like we answered this. Didn't uh, we? Yeah, we did. Like on when I, when I watched or when we watched yeah. the Scorsese? When uh, Justin asked us, I think, not that long ago. Furthermore, what are some films you've watched too long ago that you look forward to revisiting? Oh, so many. Keep up the excellent work, Jackson. Mm-hmm. Actium Jackson Maximus? No, no, not anymore. What do you mean, not anymore? He doesn't want to be called by that name anymore, I don't think. Did he state that? Nope, he just didn't say it, though. <laughs> if he doesn't say it, I'm just going to keep rolling with it. Whatever. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Actium Jackson Maximus. Well, here here we go. I'll give you the bullet points. I don't yeah. think Wolf of Wall Street is that good. I'm probably never going to watch it again. I think Casino is pretty great. I also like Gangs of New York, Raging Bull, Taxi Driver, Goodfellas. Aviator is fine, that's, whatever. That's more than five, RJ. Oh, was there a limit there? I wasn't listening. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Well, I know you th- like th- Hugo. Thinking of movies I'd like to rewatch, Bringing Out the Dead yeah. is one for sure. Okay. But, I mean, Last Temptation of Christ, it's not even in your list, RJ. What, uh, out of movies? I was just going from the top. I know. Just naming stuff that, that I That's liked. how far down that movie is. That's crazy. I know. Who would have thought? It's crazy. I know uh, you really like Shine a Light. Yeah, it's great. Uh, mm-hmm. But I mean, After Hours. Uh, I mean, yeah, there's the obvious. Casino, Goodfellas, Taxi Driver. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then? Uh, Alice Doesn't Live Here Anymore is really good. Alice Doesn't Live Here Anymore? Yeah. What was that about? Alice, Sweet Alice, that movie? Not that one. Oh. Is this a Scorsese film? Yeah. With uh, Ellen Burstein. I don't know about this. It's got Chris, Christop- Chris Christopherson, Harvey Keitel's in there. Is he singing jo- jig? Jo- young Jodie Foster. The Age of Innocence? That movie. Oh, is, I see. That movie is not so great. Ellen Burstein, hey? Wasn't she like one of your celebrity crushes? No. Why not? What do you got against Ellen Burstein? Well, do you remember her uh, breakout role in Requiem for a Dream? That was I remember. Her, her resurgence, I guess. Uh, I know her for Draft Day. You know that Kevin I see. Costner. Yeah, I'm looking. Movie? At the, I'm looking at that poster right now. Yeah, I uh, I remember. Um, I don't. Of... I don't. I, and I, yeah, I guess she became kind of uh, Aaron Aronofsky liked her because she's in the Fountain as well and Interstellar. Yeah, but you know what else she's in? Nolan, but you know what I mean. Draft what? Day. Draft Day. And du- was... and W. Remember w? w? Oh, remember everyone was like, oh, you can't make a W movie. And then the man. And then. All Oliver Stone did. And then they did. Yeah, I got lots of movies I want to watch. I'm trying to convince Jarrett that I think he should, for a Creeptober or something, just do a whole month of rewatches. Not a Creeptober. <sighs> that's not fair. Maybe maybe in a some some month here. Like in, no, you do New Orleans in January. What about February? What's your schedule for February? What's your theme? Hmm. What For what now? For watching movies. You don't have one for February, right? Like January, any... you do noirs. I was. I don't know if I'll do it this year necessarily. You I should do uh, just rewatches in February because okay. it's the shortest month. I, I have a list, RJ. I have a list of, of rewatches for, re- for a rewatch month. These are movies okay. I, I pick apart, but it's like I don't know, Twelve Angry Men, but that's a Criterion. Mm-hmm. Barfly, I'd watch Barfly Ooh, again. Yeah, Bellflower, Children of Men, mm-hmm. Crumb, because I haven't seen Crumb for a long time. Uh, Four Lions, Manhattan. Mm-hmm. Mean Streets, Mishima, Sweet Smell mm-hmm. of Success, The Battery, The Searchers, The Shout, Onibaba, mm-hmm. Jigoku, House, 
Style Wars, After Hours, another Scorsese, Taking mm-hmm. of Pelham 1, 2, 3. The uh, remake? Uh, yeah, the remake. That would be a first okay. time watch, actually. Uh, Road Warrior, mm-hmm. Badlands, Beyond mm-hmm. the Valley of the Dolls, Witchfinder mm-hmm. General, Duck Soup, Rio mm-hmm. Bravo, Sunset Boulevard, Basket Case, mm-hmm. Truman Show. Uh, Ooh, that's a good one. I know most of these movies that you're talking about. Yeah, uh, Gentleman Broncos, which I think is actually a pretty good movie. That movie's awesome. Yeah. I'll stand up for that movie. Uh, Payday, New York Ripper. Uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> Fun House from Tobey Hooper. Mm-hmm. Uh, Simple Plan. Oh, here we go. Matrix and Unbreakable. Whoa. <laughs> Ooh, uh, I think the Matrix holds up, but uh, Unbreakable is... RJ, did you say Gentleman Broncos was awesome? Yeah, Gentleman Broncos is awesome. Yet, yet you only gave it three stars. Mm. See, this is that pre-letterbox pre days. So I'm just going to go and erase my star rating completely. I see. Uh I'm telling you straight, I was caught off guard by, uh, or I hadn't known Gentleman Broncos was going to be brought up, but uh, I'm telling you, Jer, Gentleman Broncos is a good show. I liked that movie. Yeah. I thought it was fun. Boys from Brazil. Oh, yeah. that's You're a big uh, Amadeus, boys. Barry Lyndon, mm-hmm. Belle de Jour, Get Carter, Don't Look Now, mm-hmm. Jess Franco's Faceless, which I think was like one of the mm-hmm. earlier one of his movies that I'd seen. And, uh, I want to watch it again to see if it's better than I remember. Because I actually, mm-hmm. that was the one that still jumped out at me as being very mm-hmm. peculiar at the time I watched it. And The Church. Whose church? Uh, the uh, Michael Suave movie. Michelle, uh, director of Cemetery uh-huh. Man and Aquarius and The Sect. I need to rewatch that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, there's my list of stuff. A whole lot of stuff. So many things. And there's like stuff on my floor right over here that it's like I got stuff to watch. I could watch that. But what what's the stuff on your floor there, bud? Uh, stuff? Lots of stuff. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I believe you. Yeah. I'm not calling you a liar. It's just Are you are, okay. Good. Does anyone have any proof? I'm glad. That there's stuff? I could. I could. Over there? I could, you know, send it out on Instagram, show people a pile of DVDs and Blu-rays on the floor. Oh yeah, the Instagram. I should do that, hey? Probably. What should I do? Something sweet or something silly? Silly. You want the silly one? Mm-hmm. All right, silly one coming up. Hey, RJ. Yo, what's up? What you been creeping on this week? Um, a bit. We've been rolling hard on the leftovers, and uh, I can say that we're almost done. We're almost we we're almost done season two and going into season three. Do you want any uh, preliminary thoughts, or uh, when I'm done, you want I'll, me to I'll, just kind of tell I'll, you what's up? I'll wait till you finish. Yeah, that's probably probably right. Um. I like Justin Thoreau. His hairline is crazy, hey? Because, like, a few years ago, like, he had that real peak. But now I think they style it. I don't think he got plugs. I think they style it in such a way that it just makes it look like he has super good hair. But it is, like, when when it's short, he's got a crazy hairline. Do you know about hairlines, dude? I don't, really. Okay. Well, uh, well I'm not going to pretend I do. Okay, that's fine. Maybe you've never had to think about that stuff. That's okay. Uh, I'll I'll tell you more <clears throat> about Justin Thoreau's hairline next week. Excellent. When I'm done, and then we can try to. What do you think I should try to get Andrea to watch next after we finish an HBO show? Deadwood. Make her. 
I tried to once, and she's like, I don't want to watch a cowboy show. Oh. And I was like, okay, mm. I'll try. I'll try. Like, uh. She liked Six Feet Under, and she liked The Leftovers. So I think I, I think HBO is an easy sell now. Mm-hmm. It's just uh, you, you think you I'm a wild watch, card. Well, you could, uh, from my own interest, because I haven't seen it, you watch The Deuce. Oh, uh, she expressed mild interest in that. There you go. A mild interest. All right, so I'll let you know about that after. Okay. Hey, Jared, what do you know about semen and sperm? As much as the next guy. As much as the next guy? Do you remember that movie, The Incubus, with uh, John Cassavetes? Hell yeah. Oh, the sperm? An incredible amount. Yeah. Uh, So I had extreme flashbacks to The Incubus when I was watching Claire Denny's High Life. Oh, really? (laughs) You ever heard of High Life, Jared? I've seen people log it. I don't know really Uh anything about it beyond that, though. I remember it uh, It premiered at TIFF last year, and our, our boy, Little Meat, uh, he went to this thing, and I was like, how was it? And he's like, um, he's like, it was kind of weird, and I was like, okay, <laughs> sure. So this bad boy got added on those uh, streaming sites on that Amazon Prime, so I was like, you know what, I'll check out this high life, see what uh, young Bruce Wayne is all about here. Yep. Uh, and getting ready for, you know, the lighthouse. I like Robert Pattinson. I think he's pretty cool. I see. I didn't. I never minded uh, Cosmopolis that bad. I saw some people really hate that movie, and then when I got around to watching it when it came out on disc, I was like, "This is oh fine. This is not a, too bad of a movie. It's, it's not mm-hmm. Ace Cronenberg or anything, but it was watchable." I wanted to watch that and the Rover too because they show oh, yeah. up on Prime. Yeah, <clears throat> but when you go to watch them, it's like they're only in the uh, when you buy those like sub channels those sub subscriptions on prime so i was like oh you fuckers because they shouldn't it shouldn't show that it's available unless you have that subscription yeah, but they, I, they want to bring you in right it's bogus andrea saw him at a bar in a uh or like a restaurant in texas once hmm are and you then, interested and, in that and then what happened uh i think some some girl was like robert pattison and he was like yo hey. he kind of did a boom hour thing yeah and then he left so yeah I watched this High Life. I remember when it came out at TIFF, all anyone was ever talking about was the fluids. Oh, my God, the fluids. And I was like, okay, let's see what they got for fluids here. But uh, I was interested in Claire Denis because I've actually never seen any of her movies. Yeah. Um, and I know she is a f- future creep or she is she in the Eclipse series or she's got movies in Criterion, right? Uh, or are they just like heralded as should be? I don't know if she's in the Criterion Collection. She seems like the type, you know? Let's like, her movies seem to, to scratch that itch. Well, because I've only seen a few. I, I see that she was in the Criterion Closet. Oh, your buddy Bill Hader was in that closet he one day. Was. Oh, yeah, she's got two. Fairly recent, too. Yeah, these are recent movies. Beau uh, uh Let the Sun Shine In. Mm-hmm. And White Material. Okay. So oh, actually, one white, of the, white, okay, white material has been in for a while because they can't, that is like spine five sixty, but mm-hmm. uh, let the sunshine I think I think just uh, entered. Yeah, uh, it's like yeah, it's like nine seventy six. Okay, so yeah, one day she'll yeah, come and in, and she directed that uh, horror movie of sorts, the vampire ish movie with um, Vincent Gallo, Trouble Every Day. Uh I've never heard of that. It sounds cool. Um, but yeah, I, you, you'd probably hate it. I probably would hate yeah. it. Yeah, but uh, when I when I was watching it, I was like, 
because I remember I've heard her name before and I was like, I don't know if she's in Eclipse series, like how Agnes Varda has a ton of stuff in there or if it's just one of those people that uh, everyone's like, oh, well, she's got to get in there eventually. So I was like, all right, Claire Denis. I was like, Robert Pattinson. Let me check this out. It's even got Andre 3000 in there, Jer. I know you're a big Outcast fan, so I was looking out for you. Um, I sent you a screenshot of this movie oh, when I was yeah. watching it. Could you could you tell what I was watching based no. on that alone? Or no, I had no idea. I just do you like, want to tell uh, people what that screenshot uh, was? I have, to find, I have to dig it out. One second here, please. So, uh, Claridini, yeah, I've only seen, I think, honestly, it was it Trouble Every Day. That's the only one of her movies. I know uh, I've, I've seen some people uh, swear on a stack of Bibles. They love uh, Beau Traval. That seems to be yeah. a very popular one. And uh, Bastards was one of the last few movies of hers that it seems like people are really talking about because it's, it's mm. genre stuff. Genre stuff always gets a little bit more attention from, uh, these sort of, uh, a list directors, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, let's, Oh, where are we? Okay. There's a, you sent me a gif of Donald Trump. Um, Oh, here we go. And I quote, it's like you've become a shaman of sperm. Yeah. So, um, based on that alone, what do you think this movie is about? <clears throat> Or do you know already? Populating a planet because it's got like an astronaut glove? Um, it's more about uh, funkadelic sex experiments. With, with bits about Monty and his baby daughter. Is it? Um, so, okay. It, it's a mix of these things. Uh, one of the big things about this movie is there is a lot of sperm. I'm talking a lot. Like there's a, there's a scene where a character like takes a bath in it, basically. Okay. And you're like... All right. And then you do get a big time like pleasure dungeon and you see, uh, you know, Juliette Binoche. Yeah. From uh, Godzilla fame. Uh, you see her take a take a spin in this pleasure dungeon for a Doct- while. Uh, she plays Dr. Dibs. In Godzilla? In High Life. Oh, I mean, I mean sure she could. And there's, a, you, woman, so. there's a girl named Mia Goth. That's a pretty specific name. Mia Goth, like, do you think she is just goth and she changed her name to that to be a little on the nose? Oh, she was in uh, Suspiria and Cure for Wellness and Nymphomaniac Volume 2. And, well, who, who would have known? And Marrowbone and Magpie. and Marrowbone's a good name for a movie. I like that. It looks like a, someone's taking a hammer to a mirror that's reflecting a bunch of little Chucky dolls. Her? Did you say she looks like that? No, the, the poster, oh. this Marrowbone. I was gonna say, damn, dude, you're not usually that rough. Uh, I went to judge you, but I would just, I would have been judging you like she's got you top, know, she's secretly. got top billing for that movie, The Survivalist, that nobody really liked. Do you hmm. remember, that, remember that movie? The Survivalist, not really. Okay, the dude's got a weird haircut in the poster, though. He does. You know, I think people probably like when we just read posters and like say what's going on because they're thinking we're just saying what everyone's thinking, right? Well, there. I mean, maybe they're like scrolling along with us. I really hope they are. Go to Robert Pattinson's page and be like, oh, right, The Lost City of Z. Which people A movie really people like. claim is really good, they which say, was also on Prime once and then not anymore. And I think it was on Netflix. Uh, It, it probably was. Is, I, it on, I had, is it on anything now? I don't think so. Okay. Well, tell me about, it, tell me about this sperm fest. Life, the sperm fest? Okay, so it's not... um. It's not like a bad idea, actually. It's kind of like, <laughs> well, okay. Hey, do you remember Interstellar? Yep. Yeah, I've, it's I've like, seen some references to that in reference to this movie. 
it, it's it borrows a lot of the same imagery and like some concept stuff. It's like Interstellar meets John Cassavetti and the Incubus. So, hmm. <laughs> well, it's actually. Hey, Jared, do you like prison movies? Yes. Well, this is a space prison movie. Oh. So you have um, you have Earth, and it's in like a a not too distant future. And uh, there's a black hole, and scientists are like, we got to go get some readings on this thing because we think if we can, we we make the right thing, maybe we can get this energy and we can have like a, a infinite amount of energy or whatever. Nice, you know. Yep. So Sci- very sci-fi. Very sci-fi. And then they actually took a play out of my book, uh, where I I don't know if I've ever said on air, but I I think we should outline animal testing and just go with convicts. So they actually fill up a spaceship full of convicts and send them to the black hole. Yep. You know why, Jared? Because of consent. That's why. If they if they sign their consent off, I, I, I see no problem with sending them to the black hole. Okay? That's my personal stance of the the opinion of a character that I play for this podcast, that is. Uh, so you get these this crew of like – I don't think they're death row, but they're like life – they're all inmates, okay. and so yep. they get sent uh, in their spaceship up to the black hole, uh, but it's a really like long time to get there. So there's this kind of like side story about while they're there, there's a doctor on the ship. She's like the only non-prisoner, uh, and they kind of like all coexist, and there's just like a, an understanding. It's like, all right, guys, don't rape any of these women up here, okay? But you know what happens, Jer, mm. when you get guys up there. Uh-oh. Oh, one of the ways that they try to prevent said rape is they have a sex dungeon thing. And uh, it's just like that. It's like a padded chair with a, a thing that sticks out. Yep. And then you have like some arm bars so you can kind of move around however you want. Uh, and then when you're done, the room is completely covered in fluid. Uh, and this little like you ever been through one of the automated car washes and yes. there's that brush that comes down yep. and just kind of wipes things off. One of those comes down. Yeah. OK. And cleans up the room. Seems legit. Seems legit. Yeah. So you have all these prisoners and they're doing that. Uh, and that's like the past. The movie actually starts and it's just uh, your boy, Robert Pattinson. Uh, and he's got a little baby. And they're alone on the spaceship. So you, you get introduced to Batman and a uh, little baby. And he's trying to do stuff on the spaceship. He's raising a daughter. He's a single dad. Uh, and there's no one else there. And you're like, where did everyone go? And then you kind of jump to the past because that's what movies do now where they start later and then go back. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then you get the story about how kind of, you know, one of the guys got his lust, got the best of him, Jarrett. And there were some problems. And then after that, you know, some people got sick and then it kind of spread and they start losing each other one by one. And then what's just left is old uh, Robert Robert P and uh, this little baby. Uh, and then it's just kind of them traveling for a while. Mm-hmm. They come across a separate spaceship that's full of dogs that are going to the thing. Uh, and that bumped me out. I was like, oh, I liked that they only used convicts. I thought that was a good idea. Because what kind of data can dogs send back from a black hole? Not much. It doesn't really make sense that it's there. And that's uh, that's the whole movie. That's two. That's a two-hour long movie, Jared. And that's all that happens. Pretty much, huh. pretty much. Uh, I mean, so this is what I would uh, tag as. I, I I had to go back and retag this thing after I watched it for a while. This is art house trash. Mm-hmm. 
I would say. Uh, and whenever I say that, I don't mean it in like, it's not always the worst case. Sometimes it is. But this is a very artsy movie. You know, lots of long, lingering shots of things, Jer. Yeah. You like long, lingering shots of things? Uh, when it's appropriate. When it's appropriate? You get a lot of them in here. You also get like space dads and... Uh, like sperm shamans and things like that. Like there's, there's like more to the story about that. What the doctor's trying to do. They're like, well, we want to have a baby born up here to see if it'll like change from the black hole. And it's like, all right, like it all, it all makes sense. But, uh, I don't know. I, I'm pretty, I'm pretty cold on this movie. I didn't really, there were things I liked, but as a whole, I was like, I'm not getting much out of this. Hmm. You know, I thought it was okay. Uh, I'm sure some people are super into this thing. I could see that. I I, I could see you being like really into it or kind of just being like, eh, whatever. Um, I was of the eh, whatever mentality. I bet if I if I revisited this after watching some Claire Denis movies, I'd probably like it more. But that's never going to happen. Right. Probably. Probably never going to happen. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I think this is one of your uh, A24 movies, actually. Oh. oh. I think. Maybe not. Doesn't matter. Um, Is any of that excite you? The fact that I just said it's a movie that I, I, I don't care that much about? I might check it out like three years from now. That's the kind of movie it is. Mm-hmm. Get I some see, distance. I see the most popular review on Letterboxd just says Seaman Terstellar. Ah, you, you see what they're doing there? Yeah. Here? Yep. Yeah. So, yeah, there's a lot of fluid in this movie. It's it's OK. But uh, like I said, I didn't get much out of it. I kind of watched it and I was like, huh, that was a two hour movie. That's what I chose to watch this week was this what, two hour. movie. Would you rather rewatch this or Beyond the Black Rainbow? No. My answer is no. I see. Yeah. Uh, no, I would rewatch High Life over Beyond the Black Rainbow. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, and that's what I mean. Like, it was fine. It was just I didn't really I didn't care that much. It it had all the things you you expect. Oh, there's a lo- there's a lens flare. Let's linger on it for a while. <laughs> like, I actually I kind of I, I kind of liked the space dad stuff when it was just Robert Pattinson uh, taking care of a baby. I was like, I don't think that's what anyone else would probably like watching this movie, but I was like, I, I'm getting the most out of this. I like seeing him being a single oh, dad. You're getting all maternal now, RJ. Well, no, it's you just, know, you, know, little, you know, all Robert Pattinson, baby. Getting, getting married and want to have a little, mm, want a, want a little, a little baby, a little Robert Pattinson baby in, in your uh, spaceship. There's also, there's a weird stylistic choice here where Robert Pattinson has like a Jay Leno gray patch at the front of his hair. Like just like right in the front, yeah. And then when he gets to when he gets older, to show that time has passed, it's a longer gray patch, but not his whole head. I see. What does that mean? Why would they do that? It's the ravages of time. I guess. Anyways, I thought Space Dad was pretty cool. I don't know if anyone else would uh, be into that, but um, Space Dad. Cool. You ever seen Space Dad? I've never seen Space Dad. Well, I, I think, I don't know, I think it's definitely something you might end up watching down the line, mm-hmm. especially if there's something that fits in with these Claire Denis movies, but uh, I don't know what you would think out of, of it, actually. You'd probably, I bet you'd be like me. You'd be like, eh. it's well, not bad, it's just... Sounds like a dare. Yeah, it's not bad, it's just I don't get much out of it, you know? 
there you go. Speaking of RJ picks. <gasps> what? What did you watch? I watched Thunder Road, RJ. What? I thought it wasn't available, Jer. Well, I, I found it. Oh, I I uh, don't know anything about what you watched this week. I better check this out. Oh, tell no. me, before I get there, tell me what you thought of Thunder Road. It was fine. Okay. Yeah, I, I don't know. You were, you were talking this thing up like it was some real sad bastard stuff. I, I, I thought I, it was. I, I, don't, I don't know if people get what sad bastardisms are all about. This guy Maybe we seems, don't. This, this guy's more of a this kind of chump cop who uh, is kind of going through a, a rough time. And uh, his life's falling apart. Does that make him necessarily a sad bastard? I don't know. I've I don't some, know I've, either. I've seen some people uh, suggest Raging Bull to me as a sad bastard movie. I'm kind of like, I don't know if I'd call him that. He's pretty successful. I mm. mean, he had some uh, some shitty home life stuff, but. Well, see, this is where you get into that sticky territory, right? Like, that's like your claim to fame is that sad bastard list. Mm-hmm. Mine is my aliens list. Yes. Uh, and I get recommendations on that too. And a lot of the time people are like, what about this? Like say Pacific Rim. And it's like, but are those actually aliens? They're interdimensional. Are they in- interdimensional beings. Yeah, yeah. You get into sticky territory. So well, what is a they are bastard? They are a alien to earth. Earth. Yeah. And so to eventually. Earth prime or whatever you want to call that. I did cave to that, but there's a lot of movies that fall into that realm too. You acquiesce to these people? Oh, hard uh, well, that one. Shame. That one. I think actually it could it could be on here. I don't remember. This thing has nine hundred movies on it, so I don't even know what the fuck is in this thing anymore. Um, but you tell me, what is a sad bastard flick? It's failure. Or, or don't. It's, That's it's fine. Fail, you don't it's, have it's, to. Yeah, it's failure. It's complex. Anyway, I won't talk about Thunder Road specifically. Okay, tell me about Thunder Road. So I thought you would have liked there's it. There's a lot of long takes mm-hmm. of uh, this Jim Cummings guy, uh, who I've I have no idea who he is. He wrote and directed yep. this. Um, mm-hmm. Is he from something? Is he from a TV show or SNL I, well, I or think something? This is what, like, because he made a short of this and then he got funded to make the movie. I think is, is he, I, I thought is, that is was. He, the is story. he from anything else though? Of note, is there? I don't think so. Well, I'll okay. check. Yeah. You 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 keep going. I'll I'll see. But I think this is it. So it's kind of like a a dry comedy. It kind of reminds mm-hmm. me of Alexander Payne, uh, about yep. a guy in Texas. Uh, I think so. Yes. Okay. It seems like. Yeah. His mom just died and he's <laughs> given a eulogy and he starts embarrassing, embarrassing himself out of his grief because it's about like he was trying to play the song Thunder Road from Bruce Springsteen and mm-hmm. it's just not working out. So he starts performing it, but he's also going through a kind of a bad divorce now, but he doesn't mm-hmm. really know that yet at this point. And uh, it seems like he's just not taken to the grief well. He loses his job. His daughter doesn't like him. His mm-hmm. his wife uh, is a hoe bag. She's a hoe bag. Uh, what could you describe what that means? Uh, see Thunder Road. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So, anyway, I mean, it, describing it out loud, it kind of sounds like a sad bastard movie. But watch, it sure does. But, but watching it, it's just kind of like, well, I mean, it's just like a. It just feels more like a PTSD thing. Uh, yeah, it could be. Yeah. Cause it seems like this guy is just boring rather than like sad. <laughs> um, is he, is it sad that he's this boring of a person? Maybe. I think it's kind of like the reason I think I thought it was a sad bastard movie. It's just kind of like his plight. Like he tries and tries and then like, but he doesn't realize that the things that he's trying aren't 
necessarily the things that yeah, work. Yeah. So, and there's a suggestion that before this happened that he was competent, but yeah, I don't buy it. This guy seems like he's always. He feels I don't know. It feels like a sitcom. It feels like uh, a pilot for a TV show that he mm. could he could have fallen out of like Brooklyn Nine Nine or uh, The Office, and he'd be like some like a Michael Scott goofball mm. in those. And but it's presented in this like you know indie film way. And I so, follow you. So I mean, it was not a bad movie, but I was kind of underwhelmed because uh, it had been built up so much for me by by Did my I... friend by my friends. And they did all, I build it up for you though? Because I, I, I thought I just said that I think that you would like it. Uh, like, yeah, well, there's that, and I've seen some <laughs> other people give some pretty uh, high uh, uh, accolades to this. People that would so, usually so the hype machine ruined you. Right? Uh, I don't know. I just didn't see it. I was kind of like waiting. I'm like, when's it? When's it get turned around? In the last like ten minutes, I guess, with the like kind of the, the even darker turn, I guess it takes. <laughs> but it's not even like too crazy. You're just like, oh yeah, well, <laughs> she's a hoe bag. <laughs> like, well. Yeah, that's a that's kind of a bummer. I thought you would like it a little bit more. It's fine that you don't. Yeah. Uh, I liked Thunder Road. I thought it was good. So I, I'm checking out this Jim Cummings guy, and he's got a really weird like he doesn't have a Wikipedia, and his IMDb doesn't have any personal information there. But he's got a weird like collection of things here because director, producer, writer, actor. And they're all for like different movies. There's some overlap, but he also has credit for visual effects on Captain America, the winter soldier. Huh? And like, I don't know, like he has things that he's the actor in and things that he was the writer producer in, but a lot of them came before thunder road. And a lot of them are just, they're just like shorts and stuff like that. Hmm. I think thunder road might've been like his first thing after like making shorts for a long time. Okay. And maybe it was a character like the Thunder Road character was one that someone was like, "Hey, that's pretty good. Let's run with that." Right. I I could be way off, but there's no information on this guy, so okay. I Yeah, I mean this sort of fits into like that David Gordon Green camp of movies that I just uh, don't yeah. I I'm not I don't feel it. Mhm. I'm not convinced. He's uh, also in that movie 13 Cameras where the guy totally looks like Matt Damon but isn't Matt Damon. Do you remember when we had that fun little week when I was like, doesn't this look like Matt Damon? Uh, it seems like so long ago. It does seem like so long ago. Yeah, well, that's too bad. Uh, I liked Thunder Road. I thought it was good. So I then yes. watched an, a, another recommendation. This was the Sam Sanchez film Beauty Day that he okay. uh, said I should I should watch, and probably you should watch too. Uh, it's directed okay. by this guy, uh, Jay Chale, who does a Chell? podcast. Uh, mm. And I'm blanking out on like film something. I'll find it. Jay Chale. He makes a – anyway, he podcasts, and uh, I think he even has a letterbox too. Mm. I think I follow this guy, and I think it was only because I think Sam Sanchez – said to film this junk. was his the film his, junk uh, podcast the other canadian podcast well I, 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 I mean i don't think it would be too crazy to say that this is probably one of the better films i've seen by a podcaster other than uh capes other than yeah well when is that gonna drop so we can compare the two <laughs> people haven't uh figured it out yet <laughs> well it's you you it's, said it was unfindable well correct is it? I, I don't know. Okay, tell me about this. Uh, so Beauty movie. Day is a documentary. Uh, it's about this guy who did this cable TV show uh, in his mm -hmm. hometown in Ontario called Captain Video. 
Mm-hmm. And it was basically stunt sto like it was a stunt show where he was like kind of a pre jackass kind of guy who would just do crazy things and he, I was just like jacked. Like he's got this ridiculous body and he's just like jumping off the roof of his house and doing like sledding off of his roof and mm-hmm. doing uh really dangerous stunts like jumping off a ladder into his covered pool, but he didn't uh lock the ladder in properly and he just completely falls straight down and breaks his own neck on camera and fortunately some neighbor kids were nearby and saw him floating in the pool with a broken neck that kind of thing so this documentary just kind of like covers this this kind of wacky guy um and the one thing it doesn't do a great job of is presenting what the show looked like it just has clips and i was always like well, what did the show, what did the episodes of this like flow like did one skit just flow into it the next and did he really do this for like you know five like did he do this for 5 minutes 15 minutes 20 minutes a half hour they never acknowledge they never acknowledge this hmm. so i mean this is kind of like probably right before tom green starts doing it but it definitely fits into this strange stream of Canadian art, like f- filmmakers that were like making these sort of goofy things. And they're basically all performance art, but no one mm-hmm. would actually call them that. So anyway, it just covers this guy's life and, uh, you know, him, his girlfriend at the time making these things, what went wrong. And he had, he had this moment where he was going to make it big and it never happened. And then he just went back to work in his regular life. But now that it's the 20th anniversary of uh, the, the show, he's like, Hey, I want to do this again. Let's let's make a new episode. It just kind of covers that sort of thing. It's in that American movie spirit. I like American movie. Yeah. I think you'd, you'd enjoy this. It's uh where, where did you watch this? I actually, I bought the DVD. It was, oh, well, uh, I it was like, away from you yeah, yeah. It was like $10 on amazon.ca. Because I think it just came right from the company that put this out. I think they might yeah. even, they might be even be out of Calgary. So, I I would definitely like to check that out. Yeah. But what I'm also interested in is the sort of JaredDuncan.com, but not logger <laughs> spot. Uh, last updated December third, two thousand and five. Oh boy, that's some old uh, stuff. There are some interesting opinions on oh said blog. <laughs> Well, you should actually uh, check out the jarrettduncan.blogspot.com blog. That's, oh, that's what I'm on right now. No, is that that one? Or there's another one, though. There's yeah, some, oh, there's some old blogs. jarrettduncan.blogspot.com. Oh, yeah. It just has a separate head banner. Oh, man. There's and, like uh, a, oh, yeah. There's some stuff on uh, Tom Sizemore yep. or Sleazemore, Tom Sleazemore. as uh, See, you coined many no, no, times. Nothing, nothing ever changes. And then we have a Jesus bookmark. Uh, yep. We have a... Uh, we have some some Charles Darwin uh, things on here. Uh, interesting. He's saying, ha, fart. Looks like it was drawn on by you. Um, yeah, there's some opinions on here, my friend. Strong opinions. Strong, strong opinions. I'm going to keep going down this rabbit <laughs> hole. I did see, so Capes, it, there's this thing called Tracked TV. Yep. And it says that it has one play. But when I clicked on it, there was nowhere to view the movie yeah it tracks bullshit because i've been trying to watch that great choice short film mm-hmm. for a while and it's nowhere hmm and i, I don't know if it's ever going to come along wait a minute what is this university of lethbridge publications is this uh i wonder if capes is available in the uh mm-hmm. oh look in in the university school paper capes for oh, one night only there you go caution Conceived the consumed champions of courage, apex of adventure, awesomeness, and audacity. 
perhaps partake in a parlory persons? Equal exists, but this engagement excels at enticement. So salter swiftly, sweet souls. Did you write this, Jer? I don't know if I did. I might have. Oh, the, actually, the anniversary of this is coming up in uh, exactly 11 days. Hmm. It will be the 14th anniversary of the premiere of Creeps. Wow. So maybe, Creeps. maybe in 11 days and one year at the 15th anniversary, we could have a, a separate showing at uh, the local theater here in Creepsville. And we could see if... Again? It's, it's the only theater it's again. ever shown at? Yeah, but uh, I mean, now you have people who might Ooh. actually travel up here to watch it. No. $7 tickets. Yep. You animal. Yep. Broke even. Comment. Broke even. Broke. Well, I mean, that's all you can hope for. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to keep digging down this hole, but tell me about more movies that you watched. Uh, I watched a movie called Successive Slidings of Pleasure. Are you are, are you interested, RJ? Do you, are you Not in, are, at all. I, no, I heard you're into fluids. Which kind? All kinds. This one's got a lot of this one's got a lot of wine, but it's like fake wine. It's a lot of uh, that caro syrup, that that red. Uh, uh, I don't mind that. Yeah, it's a lot of that. But mm-hmm. this movie also has egg yolk put in places that you probably might not want to put egg yolk, like a butt crack. It's got foot jobs. It's Aww. got uh, bondage. It is uh-huh. this, this is the movie. Uh, it came to my mind was Art House Trash because this is a movie that. RJ, oh, you'd hate so much. You'd hate it so, hate it so much. Are you starting to take things as our? No, I, I, I like this movie. I'm, I'm not going. I'm, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not playing your games. Uh, I'm the only one who, keeping it real enough yeah. to get that real opinion out there. Well, tell me about this art house track. So this then. is a, a, a Redemption Films movie. I was thinking about putting into my. 31 days of horror but it didn't seem like it was going to be a convincing horror movie but i got to it this time it's uh, directed by alan robe grillette who is the guy who wrote the film uh last year marion bad which is from our boy from last week alan renee oh i see which prompted me to watch this thing and uh yeah it's like a it's very franco-ish it is very euro trash euro horror Euro art horror, like right. he had like I think even on the documentary uh, they say they had like you know the minimum amount of money to make this movie was like whatever five hundred thousand francs at the time, and okay. he, and he made this thing. It's it looks like he shot it like in rooms with just like lots of white walls, and mm-hmm. it's a very lyrical thing about this young woman who is using her sex to kill people. She's doing what? Using her sex. And uh, can you explain what that means? She lures people. She tricks people using her body. When she's being questioned by the police, you know, she'll be like, oh, I'm just unbuttoning my shirt and just looking at myself and admiring Uh, myself. And it's like, oh, are you interested? And they're like, no, of course not. But then later on, you see, RJ is doing it right now. Mm -hmm. Um, It's like, oh, no, I stepped on some some glass. You better (laughs) better, uh, suck at the wound. Otherwise, I might get infected. And then this man proceeds Mm. to suck on her toe. Very, uh, uh, it's very classy. Very classy. Not into that toe stuff, Jared. I know a lot of people are, and you can't kink shame, but I think people should feel bad about their weird sexual proclivities. So, <clears throat> this movie exists in that space of like Jess Franco genre law movies, but okay. it's a little bit more uh, intellectual. So maybe that's a bad oh. thing, though. It's because it's, it's like it's, it? very, it's very. Uh, feels like someone who writes literature and writes plays, and he's making mm. this like 
basically this guy has apparently had his own like trying to get into like domination in sadomasochism but apparently he was like never that good at it because he met this woman that was like yeah i'm i'll go along with that but you have to like prove your worth to me like she was Mm. playing this long con on this dom but but her she herself his wife uh catherine rose grillette Mm -hmm. she she was the real power and apparently she's like actually wound up becoming this uh head of her own house where people show up and uh dominates them and she was doing this when she was like in her 80s and there's a documentary about it are you interested rj i would like to hear what your opinion of the documentary is i haven't seen it i tried finding a copy but it it seems like it uh, got released like four or five years ago and uh vanished all i could think about when you were talking about that is the movie i would want to watch would have came out in like exit eden with rosie o'donnell not quite but i do want to watch that too it was, banned. Uh, it was banned in Saskatchewan. In Saskatchewan? Why? You'd have to ask. Well, all I was thinking of, the movie I would want to watch is about a guy who wants to be into that kind of stuff, but is really bad at it. And I feel like it would star like Chevy Chase, and he'd get into all sorts of, you know, hijinks and like what mo- have like you. Like modern day Chevy Chase? Yes. Oh. Yeah. Are you not into... Uh... Chevy Chase. Are, are you not? Have you heard the stories about him? He's a he's a bad dude. Uh, I mean, I've heard some stories, but I mean, what what, what is what can you believe? I can't believe that's, anything anymore. That's true. You know, I I would like to meet the man, have him on the show, and then uh, go from there and just be like, all right, bud, what's the deal? Are you a weirdo or not? Right. Or are you cool? Uh. Otherwise, from Chevy Chase's, apart from his personal life, do you like Chevy Chase? Uh, I can or is the personal him, I can life take outweigh. him or leave him. Mm. People say that about me too, you know. It's true. I, I hear it all the time. I know. I, like, I've, why did you pick him? Um, That's what I, they ask. I think I, I bring a special brand of flavor to the podcast. That mm-hmm. uh, did you just I lick mean, your t- think the tips of your fingers and like drag them across your eyebrows? I mean, I did. I did a motion. Whatever it was, it's yeah. only for you to see. I see. Uh, but I would just, I would direct you to the opinion that not anyone can just say gabagool. Right. This is true. But most, most people would just use their common sense and not. They're not that. doing it right then. <sighs> Arguable. They're not doing it right. It's up for debate. Sure. RJ, I watched a movie on Netflix, a documentary. Okay. It's called Chuck Norris versus Communism. It sounds a little. Uh... Well, try hardy. It's not even like what it sounds like. It's like okay. it's, it's a terrible title that like just doesn't help. Okay. Um, someone logged this and it popped up in my feed. I'm like, what is this? And I'm looking and I'm like reading about it. And I'm like, huh, that's an interesting story. Talking about the VHS bootleg culture in Romania in the 80s mm-hmm. and how like American films were being uh, like smuggled in and people were watching them. Uh, and I'm like, that's kind mm-hmm. of, that's neat. That's a mm-hmm. curious thing. Let's check it out. So mm-hmm. I'm watching this. Cause, and a lot of people were saying, yeah, the title, I mean, Chuck Norris is barely even in this thing. Like, because there's some clips of the movies that he did that mm-hmm. were on this. So the whole story goes that uh, there was a man 
who started to buy VHS tapes up, bring them into <laughs> Romania. He found a woman mm -hmm. that was working for the state, kind of uh, for the film censors, who would just like watch films and cut out anything that showed, you know, too much food on the table and all this, these other things that they say happened. Mm -hmm. And so she was like, she could understand English and she could translate it immediately. So she would be sitting in these rooms and a line of dialogue would be said, and she just sits there like a robot and repeats and regurgitates it. So she's got a skill. This man proceeds to start paying her uh, a pittance to watch these movies and do live dubs. So she's, how, what's that? How much is in a pittance? Well, I don't know what the equivalent was, but it seemed like it was like $5, like, like $5 a movie kind of thing. That's okay. what that's what it sounds like to me, but it could have been more, but it didn't sound like a, a lot of money. And she was fine okay. with that. She was like, ooh, I could buy two chocolate bars for that, like at the store. <laughs> that That's what she was like. She didn't think this was valuable. She was just like, yeah, sure. So mm. th her uh, voice becomes this voice of liberation for people, we're told, because everyone mm. who would watch these tapes all secretly in their hovels, uh, in their apartment complexes, they'd have like 20 people in a room watching it because uh, a VCR was extremely expensive. Mm -hmm. And they'd be watching these films that they're not allowed to have, you know, Dirty Dancing, Rambo Two, Missing in Action, all the all the classics, Jaws Two, all these all, just all American movies. But mm -hmm. uh, it starts to make these leaps though about uh, the influence that these films had on the psyche of the people of Romania. What happened? Was there a bunch of orphans? No. Well, I mean, eventually, eventually, uh, Romania. Uh, what's his name? Chiascu, the the leader. Sure. The, uh, Who doesn't know Chiascu? Yeah, I think that's how it's pronounced. Anyway, yeah, yeah, I've heard. Not a great guy. Most totalitarians, though, aren't great people. And uh, mm. he's overthrown. But there's this there's this great big leap that somehow these tapes and this guy profiting off of selling these illegal bootleg tapes in Romania <laughs> led to people like rising up because they're like, yeah, just like Chuck Norris and Sylvester Stallone, and it's. It's preposterous, and the the love that this thing's gotten on my letterbox. Mm -hmm. Some of the comments are just like, "Oh, this just it talks, speaks to the power of cinema." It's one of the best films I've seen since Cinema no. Paradiso. No, no. And I'm like, no, 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 no. This is this is garbage. This is a really yeah. bad essay. I don't think that's the wrong message, man. It's the wrong message. Like, there's a lot of stuff I found like that too. Where there's a Netflix show where it's like. It was like people only evolved because of cooking. That's why we got good brains. It's like, mm-mm, mm-mm, mm It's like that's not how that worked, you guys. And it sounds like the same thing here. It's like, you know, cinema is the answer. Yeah. You know what they call that in the psychology world, Jared? Propaganda. Oh, Propaganda, sure. <laughs> uh, Texas sharpshooting. It's impossible to miss your bullseye when the whole target is a bullseye. You can say whatever the fuck you feel like. Be like, yeah, this is about movies. Or you could say that it was about commercialism or marketing. Fuck, whatever. It, it sounded kind of cool when you were talking about yes. it. but uh, that's, what brought, same... that's what brought me in. And it's only like 70-odd yeah. minutes long. So it was like that perfect length. But yeah. That as, as it, sucked, as, and it, so it's got a bunch of reenactments mm -hmm. uh, of people looking at TV. Uh, mm -hmm. But yeah, this thing was uh, <sighs> trash. Not good. It was trash. But uh, going along this line about communism, mm -hmm. RJ, I finally did it. I watched Chernobyl. It's about damn time, man. Yeah. And? It's good. What did you? It is good, right? It's good. Yeah. yeah it's a, it's a well-made show. Yeah. Did you uh, have to fast forward episode three or what? 
Why? When they were hunting the dog? That was episode four. Did you have to fast forward episode four or what? No. You fucking monster. <laughs> yeah, but uh, tell me. Well, I mean, you, tell me about it if you want to. But uh... So, yeah, Chernobyl uh, first episode is some real tense stuff because it's mm-hmm. right after the explosion and you mm-hmm. get to go you basically it feels like you're in a disaster movie and you, you kind of because everyone knows what chernobyl means and you're kind of like oh i think these guys are fucked like i think i think they're doomed mm-hmm. and then and then you move to the second episode where it's like oh we thought this was over but it's just getting started and then the third episode you get some of those classic body melts that we're all about here on the mm-hmm. podcast. Mm-hmm. Episode four is the slower, the slowing down of things. It's kind of like mm-hmm. you know, dealing with the exclusion zone, uh, the hunting of animals to uh, kill them. Mm-hmm. That's uh, that's some real RJ cinema. Sure, in one sense. Yeah, and then the the fifth episode, we had kind of this real slowdown. And I was kind of getting mm-hmm. worried, and I'm like, hmm, people have uh, seem to be really ignoring the fact that this is a courtroom drama now. But mm-hmm. it gets to the flashback stuff, which is awesome. And I was like, yeah, that stuff's really good. But yeah. there's some TV stuff in there, though, that mm-hmm. I was like, because for the most part, like, we're saying, like, I'm talking 90, 95% of this is, like, pretty pitch perfect. Like, no real, like, egregious sort of things that you almost expect with a lot of TV shows. But then they kind mm-hmm. of do TV things where, like, guys are like, tell me what I want to know. I'm going to throw you out of this goddamn helicopter. And you go, okay, I get it. I, I know you got to get to the exposition, but I guess that's, mm-hmm. that was the best way to do that. Or we got to go deeper. We got to find out what really happened. You're going to go on a side mission now. <laughs> like, it's like, yes, of course. Is that like an item quest or whatever the hell, whatever fetch, you were fetch quest? Yeah. yeah. Is that kind of what that was? Yeah, go, to, go get to do some investigation because we got to get to five episodes. And uh, then there's like one other thing I was kind of nitpicky about. Oh, uh, anything involving like KGB. That that stuff was uh, yeah. kind of the... The looming uh, terror. D- didn't need that part so much. Yeah. But. yeah. You know what part's awesome though? What? That roof scene. Yeah. Where they have like 90 seconds to go out and get stuff. I, I thought that thing was awesome. I was like, yeah. I like this. Yeah. The, I want to see a whole movie of the, just this. I don't know. I, I don't know. That's that. That might be going a little far. But, I'm uh, talking a 90 minute movie of just that scene in a loop. In a loop. Okay. That'd be, I'd be okay with that. That's, yeah. <laughs> uh, how would about, you, what, what about uh, the miners? How about a movie about the miners? Oh, wait. Oh, how, how, yeah, you know, I see, you'd that, like see, that was that, that, that was the thing, though. It's like, I'm like, it came to me, though. I'm like, wait a minute. This is just like Armageddon, right? <laughs> oh yeah, totally. But I mean, Armageddon didn't have the balls to show him. That's right. You know it, what I mean? It, it did not. I, I there's a butt. I think Michael Clark Duncan's butt shows up in that. Well, you see his butt, but you don't see any of them big, big dongs just jangling. Yeah, right. Which I know you're a big fan of, right? I I, I like seeing some a big dong in, on my uh, television screen because who doesn't? It's, it's such a treat. You never see it. You're just like, oh, yep. there, there it is. There's there it one. Is. There's one right now. Yep. Who me? Finally, RJ. Uh, yeah, yeah. Another. Uh, this is another creep pick. Well, maybe from, you should just from, watch creep picks. Actually, I, I, well, that's what I, I wanted to clear yeah. off the docket of these requests. Mm-hmm. I think I'm. I think I'm caught up. Other than I'm never watching radio. But uh, uh, explain why don't you want to watch radio? So I watched RJ Nocturnal okay. Animals. 
Oh, did you get past the first five minutes with the weird naked dancing? Or... I did. I was laughing because I was like, oh, RJ. Hey, it wasn't me. Oh, it was I, both, it, it's it was like both I said, of you. We were watching it, and five minutes in, Andrew was like, nah, we're not watching this. And I was like, okay, <laughs> so, yeah, no this, problem. This, this movie opens up with some large women, mm-hmm. uh, quite mm-hmm. large women, uh, dancing with fireworks It'd be in front of a like red curtain and it's it's in super slow motion yes yeah okay and then what happens and and then that's the opening credits yeah and it has Mm -hmm. nothing to do with the rest of the movie oh and it never comes up again nothing resembling it whatsoever okay Um, so it's just because then and then this movie transitions to a thing where i was like are you are you people kidding like are you are the people who listen to this podcast even like listening to what I'm talking about. This is a movie starring Amy Adams playing a like former art historian, now like art curator. Mm-hmm. We're getting now into this like smug art world thing. Like are these people trolling? Oh, I like, see. Like, are these people like wanting to work me up here? Like what what's going Probably. on here? And it's like, "Ooh boy, I was getting like what what the fuck? What is this movie?" And then mm-hmm. Army Hammer shows up, and I'm just like, oh, oh wow, oh, big Army Hammer. And it's like, yeah, he's a douchebag always. And <gasps> uh, look at that. He's, and he, look, he's a douchebag. And we're supposed to be like, oh, poor Amy Adams. She's sad, and she lives in a gray, desaturated blue house. And it's like, oh, I, my, my career just hasn't taken me where I wanted it to. And she has, like, a personal secretary who, like, delivers a book to her that's written by her first husband, written played by Jake Gyllenhaal. And he's sent her a book saying, hey, I wrote this book and it's dedicated to you. And uh, she starts reading the book. And then the movie starts kind of like taking on this kind of adaptation kind of vibe to it. Like Nicolas Cage's adaptation? Yes. Charlie Kaufman and Nick Cage. Because so the movie has three narratives going on. So there's sad Amy Adams in the present. And then she's reading this book. And so when she reads the book, it goes to this kind of – movie mode where it's like it feels like a 90s like thriller like a neo-noir thriller jake gyllenhaal he's like driving down the road with his wife and daughter both red-haired girls and they're they're going Mm. they're going wherever they're going but they get kind of run off the road by a couple of rednecks Mm -hmm. and the rednecks terrorize them and basically he winds up getting separated from them and then Amy Adams is like, you know, she'll wake up out of reading like, oh, oh, I'm so I'm so affected by what I'm reading. And then it's like, oh, I'm so sad now in my life. But my husband, this this my first husband that I left to, to live with Army Hammer, boy, I didn't do a very good thing to him. And it's like, what did she do? What did she do? And Army Hammer's like having an affair with his wife, like on his wife in New York. And that's the last time you ever see him. Mm hmm. And then it keeps going back and forth with her, like, being sad and reading the book. And then when it's the book stuff, the book stuff's cool. Like, it, it, it itches that uh, – or scratches that itch of that 90s mm-hmm. cinema I miss to a certain degree, like Deserts. And Michael Shannon shows up as a, like, Texas Ranger, like, you know, Texas sheriff kind of figure who wants to help him out. He's hilarious, and I have no idea if he realizes how funny his stuff is because the dialogue he has to deliver and the character he's playing, it's it's uh, it's well, what's it's, it like? It's Give me an example. Well, so what happens later on? And this is spoiler territory, I guess, folks. Uh, 
he he get, he's uh, you know he's coughing a lot and you're like okay of course he's got cancer and mm-hmm. uh he's like he's but it happens is the two guys that did the rape and they get away and he's like well uh i got to deal with you man i i don't give a shit i'm dying of cancer i'm going to help you out <laughs> oh it's one of those types of things and uh there's mm-hmm. a scene where this is like near the end of the movie during this climax of the fictional story where uh they one of them gets one of the guys gets shot in the back and then Jake Gyllenhaal's like oh are we gonna get are, are we gonna are you gonna get in trouble for this he's like I don't know I'm dying of cancer I don't give a shit <laughs> it's like wow haven't you dropped that line in real life uh, yeah I was a bit of a paraphrase but it is, it's mm-hmm. hilarious to me uh, and then we have this other thing where we're back we're kind of doing flashbacks to Amy Adams and Jake Gyllenhaal together when think where things were kinder and happier. Mm-hmm. And uh, then it then it ends in a way where I went, okay, actually, two things here. I figured you figure it out the moment it kind of hits at the end. You're like, oh, that's what it was about. Yeah, that's kind of what I guessed. And mm-hmm. then the the thing that's awesome watching this on Netflix is the move. The moment ends with like just like her. It goes to black, and. As uh, listener Aaron Lang pointed out, this thing where you're watching something on a streaming service and you're supposed oh, to, you, yeah. you, you need that moment to like, you know, maybe contemplate. Nuh-uh. Here's a big <laughs> ad for, hey, here's a trailer for uh, Dolomite coming on next. It's like, wow. Like, and they, they, I don't even know what the option is to go back to the black screen. They're just like, nah, you got to watch the next thing in 15 seconds. You're like, that really, you, uh, that really didn't do it, this movie any favors. You got to be fucking fast, man. To like go and click because you can go click back to the fast the black screen, mm-hmm. but that ruins it too because you're yeah, kind of like it's already, you just want yeah it's ruined already it's already ruined because even the act of trying to go back where you're like oh I gotta click over uh, don't don't click the wrong thing because it's just gonna keep playing or you exit out and then you're like fuck yeah ah I don't know anyway you know Jeremy so nocturnal animals you're a big fan is what you're saying you're no. telling. I feel like the more I think about it, the the problems come to mind uh, far more. So do you think I should continue to watch this, or do you think I was well, right to just kind of call it? It's a very – I mean, based on what you you tapped out on, it's a very different movie than what you were watching. Um, yeah. Like, I don't even like, – I, 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 mean, I, don't, I don't know what this Tom Ford guy's deal is. I remember yeah. seeing the trailer for A Single Man and – being totally turned off of whatever that yep. was. And this movie at times is like, especially before they get to the, the fiction stuff the, to the mm-hmm. novel, the editing is really frustrating to me. It's, yeah. it seems like it's always cutting a little too soon and it's like distracting and not, it's not like seducing you I, at all. I know what you mean. Like, because I, uh, I don't know if you know this, Jared, I, I sometimes, you know, throw a little bit more on there. We made it past, the uh the nude women scene we were about five minutes past that and uh like we saw how some of that was playing out with amy adams and jake Hall, and that's when we were like meh meh whatever so uh we i saw a little bit of that editing that you're talking about and it's it's there <laughs> it's editing right it's something but uh yeah i mean the 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 neo noir stuff and the like kind of like the red rock west u turn kind of stuff I, mm-hmm. I enjoyed that that seems to be like a completely different movie mm-hmm. and it's like why didn't he just make this thing but got to be clever got to have three stories going at the same time I want to be Charlie Kaufman I don't know it it just rubbed me wrong and uh, it's pretty 
simple and there's some pretty obvious stuff and art art world stuff is always really seems like it's very difficult for filmmakers to capture well other than it mm-hmm. always comes off as a parody but it's already a parody you don't even have to make fun of it <laughs> it's, mm. it's it's already a joke i mean some people think that we're a parody of a not a real well, podcast I, mean, I wouldn't say but mm-hmm. like of a conversation of a dialogue um of people in a sense so what uh creep picks are you gonna oh you think I, you I claim th- you're caught up i think so there's probably gonna be one thing that was well mentioned i actually year and a half i think ago there's some uh um, again i think there is some czechoslovakian movies that uh that a sam had <laughs> thrown out there i think i've got those on a list somewhere though too but i'd have to source those i think one of them might be on at least on the criterion channel so we'll see actually the one thing i should check out is uh a bunch of peter greenaway movies got dumped on the criterion channel for who knows who? how long peter greenaway he's a filmmaker you who? would you should definitely watch uh the cook the thief his wife and her lover i would love... i don't really want to watch any of those because whenever you recommend something that's a to movie me... that's a single movie uh you should definitely watch oh. that is it? Is it's, it just it's two got, hours it's long? It's got Dumbledore in it. Like, Michael Gambon. Yeah. Let me look at this thing. If if you're if you're doing me wrong though, Jer, would I? We're do, gonna have a real problem. Would, would I do you dirty? I mean, you're. Would I? Uh, maybe I'll you? just watch Clute. Oh, don't watch Clute. I was actually I I saw Come and See was on there. I was gonna try to watch that for. Oh, it looks uh, like it doesn't look very good. Wait, wait till oh, no? uh, wait till a good version comes out. Okay, I did have a Remembrance Day uh, pick lined up uh, that just got added to Crave. Uh, maybe I'll watch it this next week. You want to know what it is? What? Peter Jackson produced. They shall not grow old. Oh yeah, well, it looks okay. Is, I don't know if anyone has brought that up on the show. It looks okay. Yeah, I don't know if anyone has. What was that, that movie that, you that, said? That, that came and went. The Cook, The Thief, His Wife, and Her Lover. From? 1990. No, maybe not 93. Maybe late 80s, early 90s. It's one of those two. I'm going to have to go to the search option here. P- Peter Greenaway is the director. Oh, I found it. Okay, a bunch of people get a bunch of dogs and throw them at, hey, wait a minute. Helen Mirren, oh, yeah. Foxy, woo! Oh yeah. oh yeah, yeah. I see. And it's some it's some classic Helen Mirren in this film. Uh, is she getting down with Michael Gambon? Well, that's oh. his wife. Whoa, two He's... hours and four minutes. Oh my god. <laughs> Can uh... okay, uh, I'll check it out. Hey, RJ. Yo. Got any news? Uh, I just saw since we talked about it a bunch of times. Creepsville is getting Parasite. Yeah, maybe. We'll see if it actually comes in December. We'll see. And, and we'll then, see. And Lighthouse maybe at the end of November? Allegedly. Could, could we be part of the conversation? Uh, allegedly. Every, everyone else in the Creeps universe has seen it except for us. I mean, if people want us to watch it, they could like petition to our local uh, council and try right. to get it made for our, us, right? Our ombudsman of cinema. Yeah. Yeah, uh, that that's the only thing that I, I I'm that's not even news for the podcast. No. I was just saying that to you because I thought you might be interested. Yeah, I, I heard that or saw that the other day. There you um, go. Did you do you? So yeah, there's that Disney Plus that got launched. Yeah, but 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 the the thing that like blew me away was that mm-hmm. apparently 
Star Wars was messed around with again. It's been re-edited again? At least one part where, like, now when Greedo gets shot or Greedo shoots first or whatever the fuck it is. Sure. uh, Apparently, before that happens, Greedo goes, like, McGlunky. And it's... And what's that? What does McGlunky mean, Jer? I don't know. No one knows. It's not even (laughs) subtitled. He just says, McGlunky. And I've seen this, and it's just preposterous. Mm-hmm. It's like, how much can they mess with one movie after the fact? Over and over and over well, again. Why even bother? Why? Is... There's this there's this great audio clip. Uh, McGonkey. Fred Corey sent me of uh, some man, this man with shaved head and ginger beard, asking Harrison Ford mm-hmm. what he thinks about the controversy of uh, with... Han Solo shooting first and, and Harrison Ford just wants like I don't really care and Good. it's of course he doesn't he gets a, he cares about where the money's coming from when's his when, when's the money coming to my account that's what he cares about mm-hmm. quit quit bothering Harrison Ford with these questions you fucking nerds well he doesn't care and nobody else cares oh they do though Star Wars people there's something wrong with them Fuck them. I know uh, a friend of the show, uh, I don't remember who it was, but posted on our <laughs> thing about, uh, I can't remember, uh, about Ver, uh, friend of the sh- other friend of the show, Werner Herzog in The Mandalorian. Oh, yeah. Colin but Matthews, I, mean, I believe. There, there he is. But, I mean, Werner Herzog was also in the Jack Reacher movie. Do you remember that's, that? Yeah, I do remember that. I remember being pretty like, that's cool. And then I watched yep. it, and then I went, oh. Yeah. Werner Herzog, Jer. Are you going to get Disney Plus so you can watch a uh, truncated bad version of The Simpsons? Oh, yeah, in bad aspect ratio. Yeah, no. No, I'm good. I'm I'm active, maybe even making a choice here on the the air. Hopefully I can stick to it. I think I'm going to try to avoid just watching anything related to Disney. Yeah. And I'll I'll show you how easy it is because there's so much, there's so many other things in the world to watch. So, like, and that's the thing. The only thing that would have swayed me for Disney is uh, that Simpsons. And now that I know that they fucked it up somehow, all you had to do was show the episodes as, as they aired. It's already there. With, you don't have to with, do anything. What, with, with Michael Jackson as well? Yeah. Just show the episodes yeah. in their entirety. That's all you had to do. And they fucked it up somehow. So it's like, you know what? Maybe I'll stick with this Craven HBO. Was it shit for the first couple months? You know it, man. But it's actually not too bad now manageable and i mean i get to see things like um justin throws hairline do you know about hairlines uh you're gonna find out more next week on the yeah. criterion creeps that's right tune in that's your uh you're locked in you're you're gonna be locked in for sure shit maybe not i don't know you probably like it but i don't know if you'd get much like i don't know it's not gonna change your life anyways <laughs> huh. you ready to do it um, what it. do you mean? After the break. Oh, okay. We're going to go down to the bar. And? Go back home with the bartender. And? She's going to have some couscous for us. A little couscous? Couscous. It's not that hard to make, people. No, I mean, it's it's in packs. It's literally, it's just like boiling rice. That's all you got to do, dude. And it sounds You cool. fluff it up. Is food so nice they had to name it twice? Know what I mean?
Was ist? Willst du nicht mal mit der Alten tanzen? Was? Ich mit alter Frau tanzen? Du nix Mann verheiratet? Mein Mann ist tot. Schon lange. Ich nix komisch. Nein, sie nicht. Also, ich putze. Ich bin Putzfrau. Was ist denn? Ali nix schläft. Viel Gedanken im Kopf. Will sprechen mit dir. Was soll man denn tun mit seiner Zeit? All die Jahre, all die Monate. Und dann ist alles so schnell zu Ende. Und hinterher, was ist gewesen? Mein Gott, ich... Nix weinen. Bitte. Warum weinen? Weil, weil ich so glücklich bin und weil ich solche Angst habe. Nix Angst. Angst, nix gut. Angst essen Seele auf. Ich habe mich verliebt. Was? Ja, Christa. Ich habe mich verliebt. In einen Marokkaner, der 20 Jahre jünger ist als ich. Eher mehr. <lacht> du machst wirklich eigenartige Witze, Mama. Ich habe geheiratet. Du hast... Mama. Komm doch wieder mal zu mir. So auf Besuch. Vielleicht. Ich mach dir auch Couscous. Wer ist denn das da, Adi? Ist das deine Großmutter aus Marokko? Was machen die da? <lacht> Warum weinst du? Weil... Weil ich so glücklich bin auf der einen Seite. Und auf der anderen Seite halte ich das alles nicht mehr aus. Toll. Und die Haut ist so zart. Er ist ja auch noch so jung. Aber er ist ein guter Kerl. Wirklich, ein guter Kerl. Was hat er denn jetzt? Tja, manchmal hat er seinen eigenen Kopf. Bleib da. Ich schlafe so ungern allein, ja? Emmy! Emmy! And we're back. This is the Criterion Creeps podcast, and tonight we're talking about Ali, Fear Eats the Soul from 1974, directed by Rainier Werner Fassbinder. The tagline for this film, RJ, mm-hmm. Todos Somos Ali. What? Emmy Karowski, a cleaning lady, is lonely mm. in her old age. Her husband died years ago, and her grown children offer little companionship. One mm. night, she goes to a bar frequented by Arab immigrants and strikes up a friendship with a middle-aged mechanic, Ali. Their relationship soon develops into something more, and Emmy's family and neighbors criticize their spontaneous marriage. Mm. Criticize. Criticize. Mm-hmm. Soon, Emmy and Ali are forced to confront their own insecurities about their future. Hmm. So, RJ, uh, mm-hmm. this is a movie that I'd seen once before. And okay. not even like super long ago, maybe before I just had started to log things on Letterboxd. Mm-hmm. I, I remember this because I bought a copy of the DVD at a 
video store that was going out of business in town. And uh, I, I happened hmm. to go there the day that they started their clearance sale. I walked straight to that foreign film section because I know they're loaded with, with Criterions. Mm-hmm. And there it was along with like about 15 other movies. And they were selling them all for like two ninety nine a piece. Pretty sweet deal. So you got all Ali for two ninety nine. Yep, Ali for two ninety nine. And you know what? I didn't even watch that DVD this time because it's on the Criterion Channel. What? And better quality, you think? I think it was. And this is like, it's sometimes hard to tell if they've upgraded everything to like seven twenty p or HD. I know like Throne mm-hmm. of Blood looked a lot better streaming than on the DVD. Because mm-hmm. I believe it was the HD, but yeah, there's those things. So I just kind of went with it because it was right there. I've got this Amazon Fire Stick. I might as well get some use out of it. I mean, I might got, as well try. I've got my uh, my subscriber uh, charter member thing. I mean, I better, Ooh. you know. You should get a Prince Albert with that thing. <laughs> Do you remember that? Well, I mean, Jared, I'm not judging you on your lifestyle. I'm just saying, like, I feel like you'd be into I, that I, kind I, of thing. Well, yeah, I know you shouldn't be judging anybody. What else are you supposed to do with those fucking things? I don't know. I just don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, uh, I remember watching this movie at the time and liking it. And mm-hmm. I, you know, didn't think about rewatching it anytime soon. But here's sure. that. Here's the opportunity to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as Rainier Werner Fassbinder, um, mm-hmm. RJ, RJ, you got any opinions on uh, him at this point? Are you, big, are you, are you, are you, are you you're a big fan? First time, long time. It's wow. the first I've seen. Wow. Okay. So first time, short time. First time. <laughs> never. Time. Never time. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, it's I mean, a first for me. Honestly, uh, I've only seen three movies f- by uh, Fastbinder total. That's it. And most of those have been fairly recent, other than Ali. Um, Thirteen yep. Years of a Moon, I think it's called. And uh, just the other week, I watched the Third Generation, which is a movie about the Red Army faction, and mm-hmm. it's kind of a kind of a comedy anyway he has a very particular film style that i don't think is actually on display here this movie actually is pretty well a straight uh melodrama in a lot of ways Um, yeah i agree reading about the movie it seems like he uh was a fan of the douglas cirque films and Mm -hmm. he wanted to make his own uh kind of homage to like the movies that we've talked about douglas cirque uh Mm -hmm. kind of that all that heaven allows kind of strain Mm mm-hmm you all know those. We remember. I mean, I do. You know, you you remember you you remember liking those movies, right? What was yeah? I I, I thought those movies were pretty good. What was the Julianne Moore? Uh, Far from Heaven. Far from Heaven. Yeah, yeah. That that, I, that another... one was wasn't as good, but well, I I did like those Douglas Sirk movies. Yeah, the the actual Douglas Sirk movies. Yeah, the real ones. And um, uh, I mean, as far as a remake goes, I think All V is better than All That Heaven Allows. Uh, yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd definitely say that. Yeah, who wouldn't? I mean, well, we might find out, but right. yes. So, mm-hmm. uh, so this is a rewatch for me, and okay. this movie like sets the mood like immediately. I'm not Ooh. sure who the singer is, uh, but it's got the like kind of. I'm assuming it might be Moroccan music. Uh, when I was something looking, like that. yeah, I, I think I saw something pop up on a YouTube search when I was looking up uh, musical possibilities for this episode. Uh, mm-hmm. Saba, I think, was the name of maybe the singer of this. And so you have mm-hmm. that. You have this music that is over these like wet, dreary streets of mm-hmm. uh, Berlin. I'm I'm thinking this is Berlin set, mm-hmm. and uh, it opens. The next shot is this scene with these people 
reacting to a woman walking into a bar. There's no, it's, there's no setup. There's no prelude stuff. That's all going to come later. You're just thrown mm-hmm. into this movie with a bunch of people standing around, sitting around in this dreary bar with like the, some of the saddest looking women <laughs> with like, just like their makeup. They just look like their lives are shit. Like their, their hair is like tell, out of sorts. Tell me more. <laughs> I have, I have told you everything. Okay. Um, so it has this tone immediately. And then there's mm-hmm. this like old lady, this Emmy woman. Mm-hmm. I looked up uh, the actress. Um, she was 64 when this movie was made or released anyway. I mean, there's no real uh, inclination pretty... of what age she is. But no. I, like 64, I, I mean, that's it's yeah. not unbelievable for what she's playing, right? right. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. so, um, yeah, Bridget Mira. So she, she's in this. And she's just like, you know, I walk by this bar all the time. And I just like, you know, wanted to see what it was like on the inside. She orders a Coke. Yeah, she, a cola. Yeah. Well, cola, Jared. Do you ever indulge in a little cola? Not really. No. No. What about diet cola? Oh, I, I, I was a, a deep, heavy user of the diet sodas, but I've actually, ah. uh, I've gone like almost two months without uh, having a drink of it. Wow. What do you drink now instead? Uh, a little, uh, little fizzy bub. A little, little H two O. You ever carbonate that H two O? No. No need, my friend. Wow. So, uh, Allie Furies the mm-hmm. Soul. She sits down, she's having a drink, and uh, we, we got, cut back to the other side of the bar of the regular inhabitants. We're introduced mm-hmm. to Ollie and his friends. Uh, and there seems to be this like other woman that's kind of like hitting on him. And it's like, hey, why don't, you, why don't you go back to my place? He's like, no, I don't want to. And it's like, what's wrong? Mm-hmm. Cock broken. Um, <laughs> I don't know what that means. Excuse me? Cock broken. <laughs> Is that a quote? Yes, that is a quote. Okay. Or cock broke, cock broken. Mm-hmm. So he seems to be getting annoyed with his friends. And so they're like, hey, why don't you go dance with her? <laughs> and then he's like, okay. And he goes mm-hmm. over and says, hey, we want to dance. <laughs> and they get up and dance. And they start having a conversation. And it's like, wait, I'll walk you home. You're a you're a sweet old lady. I should uh, make sure you're taken care of. And he walks her home because he's sick of his friends. He's tired of these mm-hmm. people. All they probably do is drink and gamble and spend their money they make uh, while they're living in Germany uh, on their, you know, temporary visas just to mm-hmm. take the cheap work that the German people won't take themselves. And they get the abuse that comes their way from uh, a lot of people who are just kind of ignorant, racist folk. What kind of people are those, Jerry? Those kind. Those people. Um, I think I follow. I could use a little bit more info, but I think okay. I'm 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 yeah. piecing it together. So, uh, Allie and Emmy they go back to her apartment building, and she's kind of like she's lonely. She's like, "Come back mm-hmm. to my room. We'll have, I have some some cognac, some brandy up there." And they do, mm-hmm. and uh, starts talking about like, "Hey, I've got to leave soon. I got to catch a train. I I live in this apartment with like." It's what five other guys, and it's like super small. We all just basically sleep on top of one another. It's not so great. She's like, "Well, you can just sleep, stay here the night." And he's like, "Okay." And then you know they're all going to bed, and he just kind of pokes his head in the bedroom door, and he's like, "Yeah, pretty lonely." She's like, "Oh, come over here." And then we got a transition <laughs> to darkness, and then light, and there's a shirtless Ollie in bed, and there she is getting out of bed, and she's like, "Oh my god, oh my god." What have I done? Mm. And uh, they start having breakfast and they're hanging out and, you know, making plans to maybe uh, hang out some more. 
And what do you think happens from there, Jer? Well, this this relationship, this winter fall arrangement, this not even a Harold like Harold and Maud is like spring and winter. This is I guess mm-hmm. winter and fall. Cause uh Ollie's thirty nine at this time. Mm-hmm. So it's not that crazy. Uh I didn't think it was that wild either. Like because uh, I was like, okay. A little summer winter relationship here, but summer. Like, there's another season in there. That's what it is, isn't it? Winter fall. Well, there's. I we, thought it was summer winter because I don't, it was I don't know. so drastic. It, it, it depends. Well, summer, winter would be older than fall. Summer, somewhere in between. Spring, though, it's like whoa. That's uh. What that's if what, it was a? <laughs> that's a what? That, that, that's that's a. Oh, we just not go there. What if it was like an autumn? Autumn. Well, that sounds that sounds nicer than fall. That sounds a little nicer. Autumn. Do you do you know any autumns in real life? People? Yeah. There, there's I know a guy named Autumn. A guy named Autumn? Yeah. Like the season? Yeah. How does he feel about that? He seems fine with that. Okay. I, I think he might have even chose that name. Oh. Okay. All right. I mean, well, whatever. I mean, if I could, I would probably be named Pepperoni. Well, you could. You no no one's stopping you. Yeah, but uh... I just got to pay that fee, you know, it's just, go through it's the paperwork. Those, it's one of those things. It's like, am I there yet? Not yet. Yeah, no, I don't know. I thought the, the little summer winter relationship, I didn't think it was like too far out. I think it was, oh. it was just, just enough. Like where the Harold and Maude thing, yeah. I, I like Harold and Maude. I like Hal Ashby, but the Harold and Maude thing, I was like, I'm not sure what the, what's happening here. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Use your and imagination. Well, if he ever releases that deleted scene, what is it, like a 10-minute sex, like graphic sex scene or <laughs> something? You ever heard of that? Uh, I don't know if that's – is that real? That's, he's it's, talked about uh, it. It might not be 10 minutes, but it is – there's a deleted graphic sex, mm, sex scene. Fascinating. So you you call Harold. I think he's dead, right? Or not uh, Harold. Hal Ashby? He's dead, right? Yeah, he's dead. We'll call him up and see but, if he'll Bud, give it Bud to Court him. may still be alive. Well, he was in Life Aquatic. That was a so, while ago. Yeah. Who knows? You call Bud Court, see if he wants to be on the podcast. We can do the Herald and Mod. We'll jump ahead the one time only. Just hey, for... but Bud Court is 71 years old. He might be as old as Mod was. Uh, do you think he's on Twitter? Uh, we can Bud find Court. out pretty easily. I'm just looking her up. This is very important. Anyways, this yeah. movie that we hear, this movie. Oh, the real movie we're talking the about. The real right? movie we're talking about. So, <laughs> and then RJ. The movie just starts hammering you down with sadness and like yes. with misery as mm-hmm. as uh, the relationship starts to reveal itself to others, coworkers just going on, talking about mm-hmm. how those people live, talking about the filth and dirt, the stink, the stink, always the dirt. Oh, they, mm-hmm. as soon as they move in, it starts getting dirtier. It just follows them like a plume because it's like you're, these people's entire understanding of the world is cartoons. Yeah, he's like, and they don't shower. It's like pig pen. It's, it's just yeah. like they just walk around. I'll have you know he showers every night. No, not him. He's one of those foreigners, Jarrett, as they say in this show a lot. Oh, yeah. Stinky. Stinky. Yes. So uh, she t- she goes to tell her daughter and son-in-law, who uh, I think, I believe... It's the son-in-law who's actually the director is is Fassbender, I think. I could be wrong on that. Which one? The one who kicks kicks the TV? No, oh, that, that's oh, no, her the son. son-in-law. That's the, yeah, the son-in-law. I believe. Gotcha. I think. 
that's what I read. Read, which I was like, oh, I guess so. But it, which is good because he's a loathsome man. It's good that he's playing that character. Why not? Uh, why not? Uh, mm-hmm. I don't check facts, so I I I could be out to lunch on that. You're in the right podcast then. Exactly. If that's, uh, what you're going after. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah, the movie gets kind of trucks along they're they're, they're mm-hmm. only they're getting mar- they're getting married they go all sure. the way and even ali's friends are like what the fuck are you doing and this and like the, those ladies back at the bar just talking about that slut that old slut and that that woman just that, i mean she's that, a pretty whore. nice lady oh this is so nasty it's so it's so mean and you're just like yeah what's going on why are they why are they riding them so hard what what businesses of it is yours Anything is other people's business, Jared. That's no. what I've come to learn. Uh, y- there's even the guy who runs the grocery just uh, across the street. He doesn't even want to serve him anymore. What a bunch of assholes! This this whole this whole community. Like, there's like one guy who's like, I don't care. He, like, I think he owns the building and lives on the top floor. Mm-hmm. Mr. Mr. Groiper or something like that. He doesn't care, but he he is, as you said, he's the only one because everyone. Everyone's like, fuck this guy. And then they and leave. Fuck this old but, but then they go on a vacation. They go on a honeymoon. Mm-hmm. They get away from it and they come back. And uh, the tune of everyone's changed because now they're like, oh, I need something. I guess we should be nice to you now. Which mm. isn't that the way it is. <laughs> well, I know a lot of the times when I'm hanging out with you, you're just like, you're like, I hate you. You ruined my life. Why are you doing this? Please show mercy. Stop. And I'm like, hey relax bud but then when you're like hey can i you're like let me out give me a drink of water then you're all nice and stuff like that right it's it's a weird thing like i i don't think it's super genuine but uh hey that's how the world works i've met a lot of assholes and then they get real friendly once once in a while and you're like hmm hell of a tangent here hell of a tangent well i'm just telling talking about relationships jared like ollie fear eats the soul is all about relationships and like you said quid pro quo Oh, I see. Do you know what I mean? Tangents. Sure. It's that's some somewhat loosely related, no, is no, it not? No. No. I'm pretty good at uh, reading so, this scene here. Sadly, um this relationship starts to unravel and it all sure. begins with a little bit of couscous. I mean, and and there's well, some you... and there's some weird stuff where Emmy's inviting her friends over. And uh, they're all feeling up Allie's muscles. Tell, uh, well, that, tell, so telling that, him to pop the shirt. Well, that's a scene too, though, where it's just like, well, he showers every night, and they're like, no, <laughs> you can't be serious. And it's like, I am serious. He's a he's a good one. And they're like, hey, Ali, flex it out, baby. Yeah. And he does. It will. Uh, you got to give him credit, though. He does flex it out for them. But then he leaves, and they're like, he's like, well, you know, those foreigners, they're so emotional. They just they they just can't control it. And he goes to that lady back at the bar because she gets him. There's no expe- some- there's no expectations there, except for some boning, I guess. Um, oh, okay. So yeah, I mean, things start just getting a little bit more miserable than it possibly was at this point. Sure. And uh, he starts blowing her off, and we get this like thing where Emmy just like you know she goes it all comes back full circle he's at the bar gambling away she goes back she orders a coke and uh, she says play the music and as soon as the music plays Ali's up on his feet he goes over immediately asks her to dance and they're like they're basically start spilling their guts to one another like hey we Mm -hmm. can get through this things can get better and then he kills over 
from a stomach ulcer. Because yeah, but ulcers aren't the worst thing, right? No, well, that's the thing is, but it's like the stress, the stress of this life <laughs> of of living in this country is just going to keep happening, and no matter what happens, it just keeps coming back onto him, and it ends on this like real ambiguous note. Nothing solved. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Nothing, nothing gained. It's just going to be like, yep, this is a relationship. This is what it is. Um, mm. So yeah, I I'm uh, a fan of this movie. I like this movie. Yep. Yep. Uh, I like. Uh, I think uh, Fastbinder's eye for cinematography, the way his movies look, are, mm-hmm. are pretty great. Um, and yeah, I don't know. The, this movie nails. Like I said, like kind of off the top. The sadness of the situation, like almost yeah. over, over, almost too much. But because it's a melodrama, it gets it goes even harder and more obvious to like mm-hmm. really illustrate. It's like, yeah, this is like how people kind of act. Maybe they, but they're more secret about it though. They're they weren't. Oh, yeah. they're, they're probably not this overt. But this might as well just be honest about this whole situation and the fact that like, yeah, they don't even view you as someone to respect to hide their racism about. They don't even care if you think that way because they're so right. Hmm. Well, you don't hide your opinions on this podcast, do you? That's right. Yeah. Say what you feel, man. Be Don Cherry. Just say whatever you're thinking. Oh, no. Well, I mean, not in that sense. But for real, though, you do say whatever you feel. Yeah. But, I I mean, you're not like... You don't have opinions that uh, are bad. So, (laughs) not usually. I mean, you do like some weird movies. RJ. Yo. What did you think? Of this alley, souls being eaten by fear. I was a little bit misled by the title. I thought there was some more wild shit happening in this thing. Yeah, it's kind, kind of re- uh, like a pretty crazy title. I mean, I get it, having watched it. But at the same time, I was like, I thought there was going to be like some ghosts and shit in this thing. Like, there wasn't. Uh, I looked into it a little bit. And I was like, Douglas Sirk, right on. I like those movies. I like those melodramas. And I actually, it was, I really tried to sell this to Andrea because I think she would have liked it. And I was like, oh, it's this romance movie, summer winter relationship. And it's also an old white lady and a young uh, Moroccan man. And they're getting shit because people don't like that. And she was like, ooh, that sounds good. I was like, it's got subtitles. And she's like, Ugh. I was like, God damn it. Because it's just, when I watched it, you know, she's like, I'm not into that. And I was like, okay. I think I do think she would have liked it. I liked it. I thought it was pretty good, man. Uh, so I went into this. No expectations. Mm-hmm. I've heard of this Fazbinder. Uh, not Michael Fazbender, but, uh, you know, Fazbinder. Yeah, not Magneto. Like, right. Not Magneto or Long Dick Man from Shame. But I was like, you know what? I'll, uh, I've heard his name before and it sounds like he's a, a slam dunk of a guy. I don't know if... I don't agree with all the slam dunks, but uh, I liked it. Um, I like the story one because this is kind of stuff that I, I do mm-hmm. like. And especially I was thinking about compared to, say, uh, last week with Hiroshima, Hiroshima Monomore. Yeah. I was thinking about that a lot because that was the thing where I was like, well, this is a similar, similar kind of movie where it's just like romance love story between these two people. Uh with this other circumstance, like weighing in on them. Uh, but w- when we talked last week about that, I was like, but I never really bought it. And I was like, and I never really, I never really wanted, wanted to in that movie where I was like, I'm rooting for these guys, whatever. 
or anything like that. Uh, but this movie, it just kind of felt a little bit easier for me. Um, like, I do feel like the characters play exaggerated versions of actual people. Like, Ali, sometimes, the way he responds to stuff. And that's, like, also just, like, second language, language things. But he, he's a little stiff. Mm-hmm. And when he is with people, he's a little stiff. But I was like, you know, some people in real life are a little stiff. I, I and found, they, they emote like that. I, I think I remember that striking me more the first time I watched it. Watching it the second time, I was fine with that. Yeah. It, it seemed to... Yeah, yeah. no, it didn't it didn't bother me at all. Yeah. Uh, I was just like, I, I meet people like that every day where they, they just give off a strange... Or not even strange, like a different presence where it's very shut off and you're like okay so it it didn't bother me at all but uh my my whole point of all that was hiroshima monomore we we discussed our problems with that last week but i didn't really feel that with all the fear eats the soul um and like this movie didn't like blow my mind or anything like that but i watched it and i was like yeah i like that it's a good show because i like i like the love story because i'm a little romantic at heart uh and i also uh, I just, I mean, it's, I think it's one of those things like it's, it's topical today. It was topical then and it's going to be topical in probably 20 years still. Like, I feel like these things don't change as much as the world is trying to. Do you remember this when stuff people lost their mind about that Tide commercial? Which one? The one with a, I believe it was a black man and a white woman in marital bliss. I, I don't, but I mean, I'm not surprised by it. Yeah, there's that people, there was, it's like I don't know ads uh, that people flipped out at. Yeah, see, things don't change. Yeah. <laughs> things things don't change, and that and yeah, exactly. That's they do, so but th- sometimes they just don't. Sadly. Well, I mean, general perception and like different opinion changes on that, but you're never going to be rid of the or of like the certain people who who. F- fight or are like against that kind of thing and like i think that that's what this movie shows too like it's not it's not always these grand gestures like it's not um they didn't like burn the person's house down because they're like we don't like your relationship yeah well because this is like this is this is is pretty aggressive stuff and i mean there's like there's also like uh the one thing that people talk about these days microaggressions which are like like small things that aren't obvious but they're felt in a different way but like this is like pretty overt uh yeah well and i think there are a lot like when he gets turned away from the store like when the ladies just don't talk to the other lady yeah that's like okay those are those are out there but i also thought i also thought those were kind of the subtle microaggressions too because it's not like it's not like the sly comments because that's what you would expect well the microaggressions are the things where people just ask questions like and they ask things that you would like why are you asking me that this is just like full-on like we're going to like ostracize you and like turn you into a pariah in our community that goes Mm -hmm. beyond a microaggression a little bit a little bit yeah and but and like that that's all i mean by that where it's like when did this movie come out 74 74 so that is 40, 45 years yeah. ago. It was an issue then. Things haven't changed that much now. I mean, like you said, things do change. People are a lot more accepting of this, but those people won't ever go away. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, maybe because well, it's like because not only is not it like today. not only is it kind of like the the uh, as uh, I have to still read the Oliver Granger email uh, who. Mm. Begins with a message from a mixed race expert. Ah, uh, 
Yes. Well, and and like that's the thing too. It's like it's all about context because yeah. some people won't have the same experience. Like depending where you are and what your situation is, you might never feel anything like this. And mm. I, I'm like I don't know. I'm not in a mixed. Well, because on uh, top of that, you also have the age element too for people. Yeah. yeah. I, I dated someone who was the same ethnicity of me and we're eight months apart. So I, I, I don't really have. You're, you're, you have no uh, skin in this game. Yeah, I got no skin in the game. I got no box to stand on. But yeah. it's just like, I don't know. I talk to people. I, I hear people who are just like, it's like what you said one time, where people who get really comfortable with you all of a sudden, they're like, oh, you know, these guys. And you're like, whoa, are you talking to me? <laughs> um, so it's my my point of all that was, I get it. It's, it's top, it was topical then and it's topical now. And I don't think it's going to change for any time in the foreseeable future. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's just how it is. But I did, I did like the movie. I think Fassbender does... Uh, I do think he he presents the stuff in a good way where sometimes he kind of he'll give you a, like I don't know how to phrase this right it's not like a clue or a hint but the way that he shows the like the camera moves where when he wants to go talk to her and like spend the night with her you know it just moves from him to the door for her and it kind of holds there for right. not not like 12 v- minutes visual like storytelling yeah it's just visual storytelling because you oh. you get the message oh. there you're like oh he wants to go I think the get bit, the one that I think about right now off the top of my head is there's like this particular shot of uh, Emmy when she's kind of being uh, isolated from the her coworkers and like the mm. way the bars kind of separate her on the, when she's sitting there on the, on the steps. So great. And then you get this callback later when now there's like, oh, the one woman got fired because she was stealing and now, now we're all good because she was the one that was like riling us all up. But now there's this like young Yugoslavian woman and they're like, oh, she doesn't even understand what we're talking about and we're talking about how much money we get paid. She gets paid less than us and so let's just go away from from her and it's like because it's like well she's a she's a white woman she's a, and, but at the same time it's like oh she's younger and she's also from a different country so this is like this nationalist element too and you're just like uh it's so sad because like she gives this like really sweet smile because she doesn't really she either like she maybe she only politely understands or doesn't understand at all she's just like hi it's just like oh this movie this keeps mm. hammering you um let me read this Oliver Granger email, though, that I saved for the review. Okay. Message from a mixed race expert. Hi there, creeps. In honor of Ali Furious the Soul, I thought you would want to hear that this shit still goes on. Last week, Rupa, mm. her parents, and I went to an Indian restaurant. I said, I have a booking for four. The waitress was like, great. Are you waiting for the other three? Then someone came and tried to serve Rupa and her parents separately. Once at a local fast food restaurant, an Indian girl was serving. I asked for a spicy burger and Rupa asked for a mild. The server couldn't handle it and said, it should be the other way around. The spicy food thing is one of my Mm. favorite racial prejudices. Restaurants constantly make Rupa's food spicy without asking her. And they tell her they do it too, expecting praise for taking the initiative. This is all fun stuff, though, that I generally enjoy. And I hope no one has to go through the shit in this film, (laughs) even though I think the film handled it all poorly. And I am a self-proclaimed interracial expert, so I would know. Wow. Wow. I I wonder what he, uh, he doesn't like about it, like how it was handled. I'm like, I... I feel like it's a little different in the way that he presents it, but I was on board with it. I had no issue with it. Yeah. I don't know. It's just me. Yeah. Oliver. Hey, RJ. Mm-hmm. Yo. You, you want to hear some some dark shit? Okay. So 
I was looking up the actor, uh, El Hadi Ben Salim. Okay. Okay. Let's talk about him. Who is this? Mm-hmm. Who is this man that I've, I've seen many people refer to how stiff he is and how his bad acting kind of ruins the movie for him. So it's like, where did this guy come from? So from Wikipedia, Salem was born. Uh, Idi Hamin Ben Salim Mabarak Mohammed Masafa in a small village in Morocco, the child of a Berber family. At the age of 15, he married and eventually had five children. Salim, mm. his wife and children, lived near the Atlas Mountains. By the early 1970s, Salem had left his wife and children and had moved to Europe. He met director Rainer Werner Fassbinder at a gay bathhouse in Paris in early 1971, and the two began a relationship. That should be noted that Fassbinder was uh, a gay man. He moved mm-hmm. to Germany with Fastbinder and became part of the film's entourage. Uh, he would go on to play several minor roles in Fastbinder's films. Fastbinder eventually cast Salim in the lead role in Ali Fear Eats the Soul, a film that explores racism in post World War II Germany. In the film, uh, Salim portrays a Moroccan immigrant living in Germany who begins a relationship with an older German woman whom he eventually marries. The film brought Fastbinder worldwide critical acclaim, and the role of Ali became the one for which Salim is best known. While Salim and Fastbinder were living together in Germany, Salim brought his two sons to live with them. This arrangement did not last long, as the children were unprepared for life in a different culture, and Salim and Fassbinder were not up to the task of raising children. Both frequently drank and took drugs and left the children with others. One of Salim's sons returned to his mother in Morocco, while the other went to a different home, and finally a reformatory. Salim and Fassbinder's relationship was reportedly tumultuous. They fought frequently, due in part to Salim's short temper, which turned violent when he drank. In 1974, Fassbinder broke off the relationship due to Salim's violence and drinking. After the breakup, Salim began drinking more heavily. Director Daniel Schmidt, one of Fassbinder's mm-hmm. close friends, later told Roger Ebert that shortly after the breakup, Salim got drunk and went to a, quote, went to a place in Berlin and stabbed three people. Salim then returned to Fassbinder uh-huh. and told him, you don't have to be afraid anymore. And then on the next line, subject line, death. After the stabbings, none of which were fatal, Salim fled to France, aided by Fassbinder and his friends. Schmidt later mm-hmm. recalled that Salim had to be virtually smuggled out of Germany and that Fassbinder cried the entire time they were driving Salim out of Berlin. While in France, Salim was arrested and jailed. While in custody at a prison in Nîmes in 1977, Salim hanged himself. News of Salim's death was kept from Fassbinder for years. He did not learn of his former lover's death until shortly before his own death in 1982. Um, you got this on the internet? Yeah, yeah. So he he died three years after this movie came out. You think he was okay? <laughs> Clearly not. Yeah, I mean, and I mean, Fastbinder. Uh, he so he died in eighty two at the age of thirty seven from a lethal cocktail of cocaine and barbiturates. Uh, yeah. And, but before he died, he made like 40 feature films, two TV series, three short films, four video productions, and 24 plays. And RJ, in mm-hmm. like like a month or a couple months from now, or actually, God, less like just about less than two months, we're going to be talking three more of his movies. Uh, I, I did see that. So, I mean, I think it's good that you got those uh, details out now. Um. I'm a little bit uh, taken aback by all that. I don't know, really know what to say. No. I, Some dark I, stuff. I really only knew this on, like right before we were recording. And I'm like, oh, huh. I should uh, just click around a little bit. And it's like, sure. oh, oh. Yeah. 
I mean, the thing about that, Jer, and the thing that you need to know is that I think the same thing might happen to you and me. Uh-oh. I don't want to, like, you know, jump to any conclusions, but it's possible. Just don't stab people, RJ. Well, don't tell me what to do. Don't tell me what to do. Great. <laughs> yeah, I mean, hey, I don't think it's a bad show. That's my opinion. Yeah. So I, I, I really like it. Yeah. Yeah. Why not? You want to find out who hates it? Yeah, might as well. Okay, then. We got WikiCat. Okay. Half a star. Mm-hmm. I think I'm the wrong audience for this movie. I don't understand the great ratings. I feel so disappointed. Is it a social commentary? A black comedy? A mellow? Goodness. I hate this movie. And I wish I would tell myself that even before I watch this. Thanks for nothing. I mean, I don't think it needs to be a hard sell into any of those categories. If you ask me. Yeah, I mean, it's like it's a melodrama that's shot like a German new wave film. Mm -hmm. Uh, This Wikicat person is like, I don't know if they're just, well, they're not. It's They're not a very active account. They only have 20 movies logged. So 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 these people that, uh, these are the movies that broke them, I guess. They start accounts, they give Coraline five stars and Tangled five stars, and then they go, you know what, I'm just going to watch Ali, Fear Eats the Soul. Or I have to let you know, I hate this movie. Yeah, and like that's that's all it is. It's very strange, Yeah, these people. One star, Fariz Akbar. I've mixed feelings when I watch it for the first time. I'm not really sure I uh, sure did I liked it or not, so I try to give this film another shot today. Hope I'll like it, or I will dislike it. There's a little bit of broken English going on here. Um, I'm surprised how bad it was when I revisited it. I was uncomfortable mm -hmm. while watching it. Well, not every film has to be comfortable to be great, but this film is more like irritating because there's so much flaws in this film. The highlight of the flaws is the acting, Mm -hmm. except Bridget Mira's acting as Emmy. Almost all of the acting was nearly unwatchable. All of them can't make me commiserate or even make me care, which is which is was bad for a melodrama when audience emotions is a benchmark of a mellow. I've never hmm. heard everyone's using this mellow word all of a sudden. I, yeah, I'm not familiar with that. Well, it's, it's short for melodrama, but I've never heard anyone say it's mellow. The pacing is also terrible. Makes 90 hmm. minutes feel like three hours. Oh, I disagree strongly mm-hmm. with that. This movie mm-hmm. is... Uh, Really easy to watch. Also, the use of locations was so monotone, though that there was though there were some great shots. I mean, it's a small movie. They they shot it in like two weeks. Yeah, I I'm not sure I am. I understand a lot of these criticisms and the story. I liked Fastbinder's intention to show the condition of racism in post-Nazi Germany in this film, uh, but the Post. but but the plot suddenly becomes unfocused. Makes me confused. For example, the maid's affair with Allie. Why is she suddenly involved with no intention or explanation whatsoever? Because that's mm-hmm. love, baby. And the ending, well, it was one of the most weirdest twists I've ever seen. I still have intention to watch more Fastbinder. I liked World on a Wire, but sorry, I found this film nearly unwatchable. I mean, I think that's a little harsh. The only five-star movie uh, Fariz gave was for All That Jazz. I think all they do is give one-star reviews, Jared. Oh. Here's some one-star films. 
The Dark Knight, Shawshank Redemption, Bob LaFamble, okay. 400 Blows. Uh, Does this person romance, write reviews Annie for Hall. each of these? Solar, uh, nope. Solaris. Oh. Um, what else we got? Heat, one star. Uh, Umberto D, Rafifi, Spinal Tap, hey, we're watching all one, Umberto one, D one in star. Two weeks. Yes, we are. Three weeks. Uh, the Wrestler, one star. Um, Fistful of Dollars, one star. Aguirre, Wrath of God, one star. Like Glengarry okay. Glen Loss, uh, one I'm, star. I, I'm good. Yeah, it's that's all they do is they just give one star reviews. But they write a review for this movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Finally, one and a half star from Jess. I'm honestly convinced everyone on here is giving this high rating on account of it being a fast binder because this was uh, not good. The acting mm. is bad, the dialogue clunky and heavy-handed, and don't even get me started on the ridiculousness of centering a story about the tribulations of racism on a white woman. Ali is given no interiority, and overall, it's a first-grade-level analysis of over-bigotry, which may have been groundbreaking at the time of production, but is now incredibly outdated and borders on offensive. You know what I think is offensive? Five stars for Call Me By Your Name. As always, they also gave that lemonade Beyonce thing five stars, which I feel like a lot of people gave that thing five stars. But oh, why? And here we are now. And here we are now. But call me by your name. Five stars. That other thing. Five stars. Blade Runner 2049. Five stars. La La Land. Is La La Land in there? Uh, it wasn't. But uh, this person also gave Blue Velvet a half a star. Oh, so I'm not really sure what that's about. And then other one-star movies, one-star movies are like Django. And I don't know. It's just it's stuff that aren't like Captain Fantastic, that Viggo Mortensen. It's not a one-star movie. It's not gonna, it's not amazing, but it's it's definitely not a one-star movie. So just settle down, guys. Just relax. Just relax. Well, there you have it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. Don't, don't. Don't go to Germany. Which part? The West part for sure, but I think that's not a problem anymore. Um, that wall came down. Could be. No. I don't know. You tell me. Hang out, watch Possession. Mm, with uh, famed Jurassic Park actor Jeff Goldblum? <laughs> not quite. Huh. After the break... Mm-hmm. We've got stomach ulcers. I already beat you to that one, bud. We'll get over it, but they'll just keep coming back because this podcast doesn't record itself. Does your mama know about me? Does she know just what I am? Will she turn her back on me? What about your dad? Did you think of what he'll say? Will he be understanding? Or does he think the usual way? Maybe I shouldn't worry. But I've been through this before. And I'd like to RJ, does your life ever feel like a melodrama? Uh, I prefer the term mellow. Mm-hmm. So if you don't, if you're not on board with that, Jared, get get fucked. 
You can email us at criteriancreeps at gmail.com and tell us your feelings about mellows. Sure. We've got a Facebook page. We're on Instagram. We're on Letterboxd. I'm Jared Duncan. He's Barnloaf. Mm-hmm. We are on YouTube. We're on Patreon. We're on SoundCloud, Stitcher, Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, all those social media platforms of listening choices. Mm-hmm. So many choices. Mm-hmm. Next week, RJ, uh, Spine 199, the return of Steven Soderbergh, Schizopolis from 1996. No thanks. Really, though, would you... It's like a rather not kind of week, isn't it? <laughs> so close. So close. I'd rather not. What's what's one more movie, RJ? What's one more? Yeah, you say that every week. What's one more? Just stop. One, Just... one, one more. A movie with... Don't you want to look at Steven Soderbergh's head? You can watch no. that, he's that new movie that just came out on Netflix. That Laundromat. Is it called Head? Laundromat. I'm, he, I don't care. He has a movie called Bubble. That's got, like, doll heads. I, I care even less now. Okay. Well, <sighs> good luck on that. I I mean, I'll good give night. it a shot. I just don't think I'll like it. How can you know for sure? Um, I'm confident. We'll find out next week, folks. Mm, we'll see. Bye.